Good morning, afternoon. Can you see Buddy? I blend in with the tree in the background. <laughs> there was much discussion of if Buddy and I should switch sides, but our, our director in the back told us, it looks funny. I think it looks fine. So, <laughs> so I'm staying. It's just a floating head today for Buddy. I'm here, though. All of me is here. Buddy's head and hands are here. Yes. <laughs> Joni says, good morning, afternoon. What is it now, guys? What do you call this time? Are we in? Are it's we morning. In? It's 1130. It's before noon. So it's morning. Some people say afternoon is this time. I'm not one. I say afternoon from 12 see, onward. See, afternoon, if you don't know, you know, English, afternoon is a compound word. super sassy on It's, it's a compound word, which means you put two words together to make a meaning. After and noon together means afternoon. So it has to be afternoon time for it to be afternoon. Thank you, William. William says, afternoon is afternoon. Do you guys feel smarter or do you feel spoken down to? If you're on Team Spoken <laughs> Down, you can hang out with me today. I'm here for you. Here's what we've got going on. <laughs> it's family chat right now. That's why you're on. That's why we hang out. Um, we want to chit chat with you. Comment, tell us who you are, where you're mm -hmm. watching from, so that we can say hello. Followed by, we're switching it up today. Oh, Normally, hello. Thursday is bakery, but yeah. we're switching. We're doing what's the price? The the segment formerly known as the Price is Right. Yep, it's happening today. So get excited. Followed by confessions, and then Q and A with Pastor and Buddy. Followed by what's the word? And we are continuing part two. It's going to be such a good one um, of what's the word. And we are talking about the three parts of man: what they are, how they work, why they're important. It's going to be a good one. Joni says, I wasn't even fully watching to know what Barrett's face looked like during that explanation. I'm sure you can probably visualize it in your head. You've been watching long enough that you can, <laughs> you can predict Barrett's face. You can predict my face. I mean, honestly, you could probably set a clock by it. Um, Abby says, my name is Abby. I'm on your left. On your left. Abby? Abby? I was just imagining her being like Falcon and flying in. Mm -hmm. um, Dixie says, Albemarle, Arabella says that you looks that you looks a little bit. <laughs> Buddy looks a little bit like the Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. I like it. That's your new Christmas shirt. It's true. It's my new Christmas shirt. I like it. I'm okay with it. You're okay? You watched Christmas Vacation last night with Serena. I did. Did you enjoy it? See, here's the thing. <laughs> You're like setting me up, <laughs> I, feel, I feel. The people need to know. So here's the thing. I can see how it's like one of those nostalgic, we've watched it every year. It's like, it's something that we watch all yeah. the time, Christmas movies. You know, it's like a Christmas story, you know? Like I grew up watching it and because of that, I really liked it. But if I were to watch it for the first time now, I'd be like, like you did last what's night. the point? Yeah. Yeah, so. there's like really no theme to it. There's really no plot or point. Um, it's there's funny things that happen, but, <laughs> but Buddy was not. <laughs> well, William said, "See, here's the thing." Means this is going to be good. It's true. Johnny says, "Be wise with your I'm words." I'm trying my best. <laughs> you had people in the comments like rooting for you to do well with that. I understand yeah. that though. Like I hadn't seen it until. Two years ago, I'd never watched it. And yeah. when I, the very first time I watched it, I fell asleep after 20 minutes. I'm like, meh, good. Yeah. But George, George finds it funny. So now I watch it with him. Arabella says, so. Uh, we don't have to read that one. But he doesn't like it. We read it anyway. Um, Priscilla says, I'm not a fan of it, buddy. It's hilarious to the flesh, but not a decent movie, according to you. And by okay. you, her. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Kevin says, watching from Tar Heel Challenge, New London. That's Ooh. cool. Okay, question number one. It's not a Christmas story related. If you could only wear one color for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Um, That's a question? Yep. It sure is. You know what Marky's color would be? Any color you would never choose or think about. That would be Marky's color. Yeah. It's like we were, t this is a point of discussion here a lot. But I, I, I feel was, like she would pick rust. Rust or like <laughs> weird gray that's not actually gray. Actually, mm -hmm. hers would probably be either brown or pink, like mm -hmm. if she were choosing. And I guess a happy medium would be rust. <laughs> right? Sure. <laughs> Serena says black, it matches with everything. Kevin says, is plaid a color? Sure. Plaid is a pattern. You're right, um, it's not a color. But you could pick colors in the plaid. <laughs> William says beige, matches my hair and, <laughs> and sand. Because <laughs> you, yeah. you, you always want to match the sand. It's true. Natalie says blue because it's my favorite color. Someone else said blue, blue, blue. It's been my favorite of all my life. Kevin says blue because I wouldn't have to change my current wardrobe. <laughs> Rachel says honestly black or gray. They're just safer options. Mm -hmm. Dixie says purple because she loves purple. Chris and Mama Chris, Mama Chris says she's with Marky. I'm Navy. Wait, Marky said Navy. Did, Did Marky say navy? I guess Did we I miss it. Marky commenting? We must have. Arabella says black. I'd blend in and could scare people easily, and it matches everything. <laughs> Terror's a good reason to pick a color. Terror. Um, <laughs> Johnny says black. It goes with everything. Kevin says, how about sky blue pink? Uh, that would be sky blue purple. Oh, you're picking the two plaid color options. I understand. I told him he could pick what colors he would want uh, in his plaid. So sky blue and pink. <gasps> Evan Didio, it's so good to have you. Evan's going to be with us on Monday, like here in the studio. It's going to be so fun. We're excited to have you. And he says camo, self-explanatory. Um, so it wasn't until we started doing broadcasting that I realized I don't wear colors often. <laughs> like, yeah. I wear the neutral family. The neutral family and I are tight. Um, we hang tight. out a lot. Um, so probably neutrals. That's not a color. You, you need to pick I need one to pick color. one of the neutrals. See, my color would be charcoal gray. That is your color. You wear it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like black because it's too dark. I don't like regular gray because it's too light. Charcoal gray is nice. I would probably do this color gray, like this color okay. gray, a lot. I have lots of this, and I wear it all the time. Abby says black, honestly. Becca says hi, hi. And Evan says, yep, it's going to be awesome that he's going to be here. We're excited. Um, yeah, lots of, lots lots of, of blacks. Lots of and blues. Yeah, black super and blues. interesting. Color bruises. Ah, uh, we're going to look so pretty, guys. Okay, <laughs> question number two. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> What's an awkward or embarrassing thing you've done for someone you loved? I was hoping you would get this question because I felt like your answers would be good. Well, um, you've heard some of them. Um, I dove head first into a puddle. I have heard this one. Yeah. I, it took me a second, but I have heard that one. Yeah. I, I thought, you know, she'd think I'm funny and quirky. And then immediately <laughs> after I, like, so, like, I do, there's a put, there was a big puddle at, uh, at school. I'm like, I'm going to dive into that puddle. So I literally just <laughs> dove face first. It was only like that deep. Dove face first and then just began to splat into it. And, um, and then immediately after that, I'm like, you know what? Serena says that's on video. Your mom said that. I love having your mom watch this broadcast because I find out so much information. I, the I the only that. thing is I don't know if the video is still around. I think I was so like embarrassed by it. 
that. Did it make her laugh? She said, I did think he was funny and quirky <laughs> after that. <laughs> I like adding quirky. William says, oh, so Buddy was that guy. <laughs> I was. I was. Did you marry her? I did. Super so. worked then. Well, I guess you can also go back to, I know we already talked about this on the broadcast, but my first question for her, you know, I, I sent her a Facebook message. Um, this was after we had one conversation. And I said, hey, did you know, do you know if Adam and Eve, or hey, random question, do you think Adam and Eve had belly buttons? And now we're married. It works, guys. So. If, you're, if you're a single man and you're looking for a pickup line to try on a lady, it work. Um, it's proof. a risky one. It's super risky, but, but I'm proof work. that it can work. <laughs> Your mom said he still is that guy. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. What a great comment. I love your mom watching. <laughs> what is a weird thing you've done for love? So I, like, I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't get embarrassed super Wait, wait, often. time out. Has anyone even given their answers? No, it's just all yours. It's just all I guess all no you. one else has done weird things for love. I, like, I don't get embarrassed often. I, like, I'm thinking, like, things that could be embarrassing if they had gone sideways. Like, mm -hmm. for George, when George left, um... He, when George left, that sounds really intense. He used to, like, at the job he had, he'd be gone for two full months. Every four months he was on rotation. So the first time, like, we were early dating, like, two weeks maybe, officially dating. And I wrote him a card for every day he'd be gone mm -hmm. and filled the cards out with Christian pickup lines. Like, mm. hey, my name is Will. God's will. That that's the sort of thing I did. And praise God he found it funny because I married him. So There you go. <laughs> they're risky, but they work. <laughs> that's great. William says I stay away from embarrassing myself. When I fail, it's bad. I mean that's I feel like that's most people. Mm -hmm. Unless you dive headfirst into a puddle, then you embrace it. Um also, real quick, before we finish out family chat, we have a couple minutes, but happy birthday happy. to Austin Buck. Happy birthday, Austin. Austin is our cameraman, sound man extraordinaire, Kevin Buck's son. It's his 29th birthday, and Austin, we love you. Happy birthday. Hope you have a great day. Question number three. Let's go in. That wasn't a question, but let's go into question number three. Right. Uh, Rachel says she got dared to butcher karaoke at youth and did it, wow, and did it, then never told anyone except the person that dared me. I don't know what butcher karaoke is. Um, look at all the happy, happy birthdays. That's awesome. That's so nice, guys. Arabella says, does about punching a guy for a friend count? No, that's aggression. That's not embarrassing. <laughs> um, Kevin says he serenaded a girl on the phone in high school. Nice. I really enjoy that. That's exciting. What I'm song glad did people you are choose? finally answering that. <laughs> After we were going to move on, <laughs> yes. they thought that we couldn't talk about it. Like, I'll tell you now, real quick. Okay, let's officially go to question number three. Would you rather win the lottery or work in the perfect job? Would you rather have money handed to you or would you rather work in the perfect job and earn the money? Would you rather be happy <laughs> and enjoy what you do? Or have a lot of money and probably be sad. What, or quit your job. Some people could win the lottery and well, then just choose to quit their job. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. The Bible says, the, thing. the Bible says, avoid get-rich-quick schemes. So, you, like lottery, right? It's biblical, so I'd rather have the, the perfect job. Because the perfect job is wherever God put me. 
My name is Betty, and I'm going to take all the fun out of that question, and I'm going to make it super intense for you, the answerer. <laughs> I understand it, though, because that's what I thought, too. Um, <laughs> okay. Evan says, work in the perfect job, no question. Johnny says, the perfect job. Kevin Nowicki says, the perfect job. William says, my perfect job entails large quantities of money. It's a win-win. That's true. Um, Arabella says, you get, like, half the money for the lottery. That's, that's true. true. Yeah, I'm glad that we don't have any lottery people. That's exciting. Um, Kevin wants to know what verse that is. He'll be Let able me, to tell you. Yeah, give me a second. He'll send it to you here in a second. Um, question number four. Let's do our very last one of the day, and then we're going to move into uh, what's the price. <laughs> oh, I feel like we talked about this the other day. No, we didn't. Okay, what is the weirdest gift you've ever gotten? We talked about, like, like weirdest Christmas print. I don't know. Maybe we did talk about this. What's the weirdest gift you've ever gotten? Proverbs 13.11. I think Proverbs 13.11 is a great Bible verse, God. I think it's awesome. Wait, what's the question? I Sorry, I was fully engaged in finding that, that verse. I asked you what the worst gift you had ever gotten. <laughs> Proverbs 13.11 is not the worst gift I've ever been given. God's like, well, I'm going to take that one away from Buddy. No, he doesn't do that. Wealth from get, this is the new living, wealth from get, Quick, rich, quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. It's true. Anyway. William uh, said the worst gift was a casket handlebar. That's awesome. William, William's parents own a funeral home. That's not as random as it sounds. Yeah. Um, Abby says a belly fanny pack. Ooh. But she rocked that thing. I, I almost put that on the prices right on several occasions. She also re-gifted it at our ladies' <laughs> Christmas exchange. Oh, that's great. So that was exciting. Evan says banana socks, also the best gift. That is a good one. Oh, the weirdest one. I'm sorry. That's a good call, William. William said that that was the weirdest. I loved that handlebar. I loved that handlebar, man. Um, Joni says snow globes. What were in the snow globes? What made them weird? No, Joni just doesn't like snow globes. Really? So if you want to get Joni something for Christmas, <laughs> snow globes is not the way to go if I you think want snow to be a friend. Is the way to go. <laughs> but, you know. Um I I'm trying to think of weirdest that I've ever gotten. Mm, I can't say that one. Like I'm trying to think through all the the things that I've gotten and Do you not get weird gifts? Not necessarily. I feel like this is the year that could change that. Mm -hmm. You live here as now. As long as I get Santar. <laughs> Did you hear Kevin behind the camera? He's like, uh-huh. Like, uh -huh. I felt like that was a challenge face. <laughs> like, yes. That's um, Julie says, thank you for the birthday wish. You guys are great. Love you. Bye, Austin. That's really cool. Um, I, William says, Santar. Yes. We just learned the other day about how Santar is basically, like, demonic. That's what Serena said. <laughs> like, this morning, I was going through, and Serena was like, is Santar a demon? <laughs> I'm like, oh. That's what George texted me after our spiritual warfare class on Tuesday. He's like, Santar, and that's all he said. I was like, okay, <laughs> we can't get that for Buddy. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Priscilla says, hair curlers for her naturally curly hair. That's funny. That made me think of uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas movie. My naturally curly hair. Like, there's a little girl that says, <laughs> That. That's true. Um, porcelain dolls. Like, uh, they could you, be pretty. You've gotten por porcelain dolls? 
so many like oh. not as an adult but as a child and mom would place them like at the top of our stairs there was a whole yeah. cabinet full of them mm -hmm. and there were some that j no i take it back i take it back okay i'm answering this quick Whoa. but it's okay my weirdest gift i've ever gotten do y'all remember furbies uh furbies the, those were totally demons were absolutely <laughs> demons 100 percent. But, but i got an off-brand demon and oh. it was like a mom furby so normal furbies were like this big and they like da, 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 da. like they talked really weird mm -hmm. i don't know what the point was but i got one that was this big and it was supposed it was a mom that was supposed to birth a furby like there was oh. a furby egg inside of it and you would have the mom furby and the little baby furby so you're mm -hmm. supposed to take care of it or whatever. And after a week, I'm like, this is this is dumb. I just want to see what the thing looks like, and I don't yeah. care anymore. And it wouldn't, so it, it was like a kangaroo thing. The pouch was supposed to have mm -hmm. it come out. Anyway, it it just started talking all of a sudden. It was like, mama, mama. But the mom was saying it. It was super weird. So after like a day, I'm like, I, it needs to die. So I took the bat, or no, I shoved it in a closet because if it was in the dark, it wasn't supposed to talk. And then it's it kept still, talking. Yeah. Then I removed the batteries yeah. and the thing kept talking. Mm -hmm. And that, then I ripped yeah. the thing out of it and it kept talking. So I'm like, it's going in the trash can. Yeah. That was my weirdest gift. I, I really want to ask Pastor <laughs> about like whether or not like they were legit. Because the same thing happened because my sisters had Furbies and they were in the the toy chest which was in my room. I took the batteries out and it kept talking. I'm like, they're awful. This is not normal. They're awful. Awful. Um, <laughs> William said I was going to make a joke about Furbies, but that is genuinely terrifying. It, mm -hmm. Welcome to the weirdest one. Guys, it happened. We hit 100 comments during family chat. Hey. And our 100th commenter is Evan. Evan, when you come and see us on Monday, you get free money because you were our 100th commenter. Well done. Yay. We love y'all. This has been Family Chat. We're excited to leave you on the note of demon toys. So hoorah. What a happy <laughs> hoorah. topic. We're going to move on into what's the price? Buddy's favorite segment of all of the segments. Followed by confessions and then Q&A with Pastor and Buddy. Followed by what's the word? Part two of three parts of man. It's going to be a good one. Mm -hmm. And let's hop in right now to what's the price? Hey guys, welcome to What's the Price, the segment formerly known as The Price is Right. We're set in the 70s today. Do you like our disco? This is so great. It's, it's a game show <laughs> area. Just imagine like, bah, 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 and like all the lights are moving and everyone's exciting and you have a studio audience cheering you on and applauding. It just makes me want to sing ABBA, like Dancing Queen the whole time. I want to, I won't, but I want to. But we can. But you won't. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, guys, here's how What's the Price works, all right? I've spent some time this morning scouring the recesses of the internet. <laughs> the recesses. Uh, looking for, you know, random things that you can get for this Christmas season. Okay. And, uh, and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be guessing how much we think these items cost. So... <laughs> 
So here's, here's what's going to happen. One, one of our contestants is going to guess how much they think the item costs. The other person is going to guess whether they think it's higher or lower than said guess. And guys, we want you to participate as well. When the item comes up, put your guesses in the comments Please as well. Help. Let us know how much you think these items cost. Guys, right? I lost last week by millions of dollars. <laughs> millions. <laughs> millions. <laughs> I need terrible. Help. So, uh, you know, this is going to be fun. <laughs> I'm so, super excited. I need gift ideas, so yeah, yeah, I'm these, depending these on this. These are excellent gift ideas for this Christmas. Santar. Santar yeah. came from the segment. Santar came from the segment. <laughs> if you don't know who Santar is, you'll have to watch uh, last week's segment. He's the Santa of your nightmares, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> anyway, let's jump in. What is our first item of the day? We have a <gasps> Hidden Valley Ranch outdoor inflatable. That's exciting. I mean, you know, if you want to add to your outdoor inflatable uh, collection, you can get a Hidden Valley Ranch outdoor inflatable. The part of me that likes quirky is happy that that exists. Mm -hmm. The part of me that really despises inflatables wants to shoot it with a BB gun. Like, <laughs> so I have a range of emotions. And Kevin Buck says, I'm speechless. He's just shaking his head behind the camera with his hands up, like, what? What is this? You know, if you really I'm like I'm really ranch, excited, <laughs> honestly. It's a great gift idea for someone who loves ranch. Serena says she's always wanted a ranch inflatable, so well, Merry Christmas Crabtrees. Now I know what to get my wife. Welcome she to your She hasn't told me what she wanted until this very moment. <laughs> yep. We, we have so many different prices, 250, uh, 25, 60, 85, oh, 99. How tall? I Man. believe it's eight feet tall. Eight Good. feet tall. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> ranch bottle for your front yard. It's not filled with ranch. Imagine that mind. falling on you as a child. Like if it were to deflate, <laughs> like you wouldn't have salad again. Like it would just, true. it'd be awful. Imagine well, the nightmares. We have and a the wide. came at me. We have a wide variety, a wide range of uh, guesses here. So I'm going to have Abby guess first. Um, right, Abby, I how just much, like William's comment. William shack sized ranch. <laughs> Abby, how much do you think an eight foot tall inflatable Hidden Valley Ranch thing would thing. cost? Well, well, Bob Barker, yep. my, that's what William called you. BG yeah. Bob. Um, BG Bob. I, okay. <laughs> my hope is that it's not a lot, so then it's affordable, mm -hmm. but. So you can buy it? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but I'm thinking more around like 85. $85. Yep. yep. That's a solid guess. Yeah, it's solid. All right. Do you think it is higher or lower than $85? Let's, let's guess higher, guys. Let's guess higher. <laughs> let's guess higher. Sure. Well, let's how much it. does the inflatable Hidden Valley Ranch I've never thing cost? things like this. 100 <gasps> and... Whoa! What? Michaela Herbler, you are on the money! <laughs> Michaela! Well done, Michaela. It's 150 buckaroos. I'm guessing what you guess from now on, Michaela. <laughs> Sure am. I think I legitimately missed the leading of the Lord. <laughs> Did you thought, feel in your spirit? Yeah, my immediate answer was $150, and everyone was commenting lower. I'm like, well, I'm just going to go lower. And I was, dang you it. Follow your um, sorry, Lord. You know, just Man. for the logic of it, Michaela Hurlbert was uh, a Shuttlesworth, and she's also been married to Stephen. So the <laughs> random searches that they've had to do in their life, and they were youth pastors. I feel like, like she may have this. Like, it could... Michaela, help me through the rest of this. That would be great. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into our next item of the day. Here we have 
This is exciting. R2D2 Christmas lights. I've priced these for George. Oh, how great. Oh, man. <laughs> I, love, I love that that's happened several times on this podcast. I've gotten this for oh, George. A trip to space. I've priced this for George. <laughs> it's my husband. All right, so here's, here, here's the deal with this one, though. This, this is only a set of 10 lights. <gasps> only only a set 10, of 10 lights. lights. Okay, where are you buying it from? Um, I believe this was... This is important because yeah, yeah. Etsy will jack the price on this yeah, stuff. Yeah, I believe That's it was true. Etsy. Okay, Etsy. so if it's Etsy, I'm going to say that it was $39.99. $39.99. All right, Abby. Saying higher. You're saying higher than $39.99. Yep. yep, I'm thinking at least $50. All right, well, yep. how much are these special R2-D2 lights? $31. Oh, man. $38. You were actually pretty close. That was a good guess. Well done, Barrett. And that's only for 10 lights, too. I've legitimately priced this stuff for George. <laughs> like, George and Star Wars, space, the Cubs, or dinosaurs. I've probably searched the internet for That is yes, George. George. <laughs> William said Etsy will sell you a rock for $75. Truth. Which is actually accurate. <laughs> remember, remember way back in the recesses of this game, whenever, twice that I said recesses, <laughs> when, we, when we had the fossilized dinosaur pick? Yes. I do. Yeah, that's that true. Was, that's that not it, just too. any rock. Though. Yeah, that was it. That is a very important rock. It came from a crocodile, but it's cool. It's whatever. Whatever. All right, next <laughs> item. Next item of the day. We have a Santa toilet seat cover. <gasps> Your house that's needs this. uncomfortable. Here's the thing. <laughs> I had one of these growing up, right, oh, Mom? We had one. <laughs> we 100% had one. I'm and I'm pretty sorry. sure Mom still has it. What? Yeah. Uh, I'm it's sorry. A, you know, Santa. I don't Santa, know how I feel about like pooping in Santa's <laughs> face. Like I, I feel it, it makes the me uncomfortable. The goes up, so you know it's fine. I don't want. I don't want to talk about <laughs> it. Jade says, I don't like it. Jade says, I don't like it. I can see Jade's like uh, nervous laughing. I don't like it. No. Ah. Wayne said, I don't think you could give this away. Nope. Again, again, I had one, and his beard was actually super fuzzy and fluffy, and it felt, and it was nice to, I would, I would sit there and groom his beard a little bit. Girl, I'm going to stop talking now. Okay, what? okay. <laughs> anyway, Abby, how much do you think it costs? I realize, I guess I'm confessing this, how weird it is. So I'm just trying to think of how you did this. Like, is it going to do reaching behind you while you're in the seat? No, sometimes when I was done, I would just sit on the floor. And... <laughs> And play the toilet seat. <laughs> yes. It's not weird, guys. It's not weird. But it's very it's weird. It's not weird. Look okay. <laughs> anyway, Abby, put, put it here again so we can move to the next item. <laughs> somebody was very much that guy. Apparently. Okay, Abby, put, just put your guess in. What's, what's your guess? I don't know if I can think straight right now. <laughs> Rachel is legitimately belly laughing in the video booth right now. <laughs> it's not weird, guys. Uh, Kevin Nowicki said nothing. Your wife said this is so much information. Sweetie, <laughs> oh. you'll probably discover when we go and visit my parents this Christmas, and then oh. you'll understand why, because it's Man. super soft. Anyway, Abby. <laughs> Super sorry. Oh man. Well. So, what is your guess? How much do you think? This I. Costs? I think I'm gonna go with like twenty five. Twenty five dollars. That's a that's a decent guess. I think that's reasonable. I'm less. Less than twenty five dollars. Yep. All right. Well, oh. let's get this over with. How much is the Santa <laughs> seat toy? Seat toy. Fourteen ninety five. I couldn't even get the word out. <laughs> 
1495. Oh. So right now it is what? Three to nothing? Yep. I'm getting destroyed. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I got destroyed last week. Next <laughs> item. Next oh. item. We have, and I did this for you guys. It's an elf waving wiper tag. So, you know, the windshield wiper on your car, uh, yeah. you, you attach it to, to you, you put the elf guy on. Um, Buddy? What's his name? Yeah, I know. His How name. did you forget his name? I, I did it not forget his purpose. name. Oh, okay. Um, you you uh, put the decal on your rear view min mirror and the arm you attach it to the wiper so he's waving to people uh, behind what you. What an exciting yes. thing. Yeah. Um, so Barrett, how much do you think this costs? I'm gonna go with Bells. I'm gonna say 1999. 1999. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna go with her. All right. Do you think it's higher or lower than 1999? Lower. Lower. All right, I well, don't know. Here's the thing, guys. We just had a first. How much is it? It is 1999. This oh, is the funny. first time we've ever had it like down to oh, the penny the right. Penny. I did it! Well done. And I've always said that that means it's an automatic win. I won! You won. Well, wow. it's not well like done. it was a close Thank race. <laughs> do you want to do Man. the other one just for funsies? Because maybe, maybe Buddy pet this one too. For funsies? Sure. Yep. Let's do the next one. All right, Let's so do it for every funsies. year, PNC. Uh, What's does they do this thing where they price out the entire 12 days of Christmas gifts. So you got the, how much for, to, for 12 drummers drumming, 11 pipers piping, 10 lords a leaping, 9 ladies dancing, 8 maids a milking, 7 sons swimming, 6 geese laying, 5 golden rings, 4 calling birds, 3 French hens, 2 turtle doves, and, and a partridge and a pear tree. Now, but at the same time, we're talking about all 12 days of Christmas. So that means you have yeah. 12 partridges in a pear tree, 11 two Do you turtle get the doves. Pear tree? Huh? Do you oh, get yeah. the pear tree? Yeah, the pear tree. So this this is the price for everything, all twelve days. So, and but also you get it all? we're doing now. Now this is where I'm I'm going to rant for a little bit, because soapbox time. Because they we're going to be doing the nineteen or not nineteen the two thousand and nineteen pricing. Because in the 2020 pricing, they said, because of COVID restrictions, you can't get the 12 drummers drumming or the 11 pipers piping, 10 lords of leaping. So, so we're doing the, the 2019 uh, pricing. Because without those, it like decreased by 60%. That's dumb. Anyway, so how much does all of the gifts of the 12 days of Christmas that this man got for his true love, how much would those cost? I think heaven... I think Kevin. I think Kevin. <laughs> I think Kevin's trying to say Happy Hanukkah. He said Happy. But Chonica. instead, we got Happy Chanika, which I'm hoping is just like chimichangas mixed with it, I, and I would be very happy. I'm very excited to find out what this is because on The Office um, there is an episode where Andy does this for Secret Santa, and he like oh, does, yeah. like he pays for this, and I've wondered like. How much money did he just shell out to like give her the weirdest Christmas present ever? So I'm yeah. very excited to find out. So you get all of this stuff, yeah. or is it's just price, but you can't actually buy it? No, no. Like if you were to purchase all of those things, do you own the nine ladies dancing, or are they I just rented by the hour? They're, I'm pretty sure they're rented. Okay. That, like that the drummers like just for a period of, of time. You can't buy it. <laughs> that's kind, that's of, kind slavery. of slavery. <laughs> that's kind of illegal. Mm. So you know. All right, who's guessing? Miriam. All right. Mm. Well, Michaela said a hundred thousand, a hundred, a hundred thousand plus. 
which makes me want to go with a hundred thousand. Uh, yeah. Yep. 100,000? 100,000 is All right. my guess. Do you guess. think it's higher or lower than $100,000? 100,000. <laughs> 100,000. Um, uh, well, you get five gold rings, mm -hmm. four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, but you also You get the six ladies get, dancing. But you get... Or nine ladies. You essentially get, what, like 35, like 50 golden rings, something like that, depending on how math works. What? 12, 12 minus 5. Remember, we're talking about every single day. Oh! Every single Whoa. day. So Whoa, that was not explained. Oh! That was explained. Oh! 100% explained. What? Oh, well, so you, you have five neither of us caught on. Like, all those days as well. Oh. Uh, I guess it's probably higher. Would you like another guess? You know, <laughs> since I'm already losing, <laughs> guaranteed. Joey, it was explained. I know. We it was. Sick. We were talking. Sorry. I know. It was us. Why don't I just go with one billion dollars? Less. <laughs> less. 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 All right. How much are all of the 12 days of all Christmas? All of the things. Gifts? They are 170000 Two hundred and ninety-eight dollars oh, and three cents. Surprisingly sales. affordable. Surprisingly <laughs> affordable. Now, if, so if we were just solely talking about the tenth day, you know, and just those gifts, which is what Andy did, I think it was about thirty-eight thousand. Wow, that's a lot of money. Still, it still is a lot. Yeah, for sure. So, Pastor Nicole says, "Hello, y'all, watching from the dentist chair. That's Here's what I think you should do for the rest of this. I think you should tell the dentist that he can do whatever work he needs to, but just have us playing in the background, and we'll talk to your dentist in the background. Hi, dentist. Hi. Um, is your name Crentist? <laughs> is that why or you became Hermie? a dentist? <laughs> Serena, anyway. surprisingly affordable. All right, well, guys, thank you for joining us for the prize. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Thanks and for and watching and eye-opening, and you know." I got um, revealing droid. Anyway. I, I feel like I understand Buddy on a totally different level now than I did before. Anyway, we're moving on now <laughs> to a time just of... Kevin said he feels like he can't understand you at all. <laughs> <laughs> we're moving on to a time of confessions, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see you right there. <laughs> Welcome to Confessions, where we are confessing some confessions. That's what we do on Confessions. So we have, I hope that was enough explanation for what we're doing. So we have accumulated a list of seven confessions that we go through every week, and they are based purely off the word, because in the word it says our words have power, our tongue is like the rudder of a ship, it steers our life. So what we say is hugely important, and that's why we have got these huge, huge. So we are going to say these today and confess these over our lives because our words are so important. So as we say these, we're going to put them on the screen and just repeat after me. It's going to be great. Let's go. 
our confession of the day is confession number five. Let's go. We walk in the fullness of faith, hope, and love. We win souls. We love righteousness, hate sin, walk in holiness, and are anointed by God. That is you. All of that is you. Based off the word, it's you. So believe that. You just confessed that today. Believe that. You are awesome. And we're, I believe in you. We're going on to our next segment of Q&A with Buddy and Pastor, where we're answering your questions. We'll see you in just a second. Welcome to Q&A. Uh, this is where we, um, I, I was going to say it again, the part of the show where we, this, this is the part where of the Larry sings a silly song. So the, in, in this segment. Where Buddy wears a silly shirt. I think, I think my wife got me this shirt, so I like it. I'll Actually, she picked it out. I, like, I still got it. I'll I still like chose it. You have confidence to wear it. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. It is. It is a compliment. It is. All right, well, guys, this I is... I like the shirt. No, I'm, oh. I really do. I Thank like you. it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It looks crazy, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Would you get a shirt like this? Um, maybe. It maybe. depends. Yeah, there was a period of my life where I would have said no, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but now I'm... Yeah, I don't care about that stuff so much. I get you. So. <laughs> All right, well, guys, uh, this is where we take some time to answer your questions. <laughs> Kevin says, I want one. <laughs> I love that shirt, he says. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. Serena said, good answer, buddy. Uh, <laughs> My wife got me this shirt. Mm -hmm. Serena's a great shirt. Amen. So this is the segment where we answer your questions about God, the Bible. Was that a smooth transition? Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> or what are you laughing? I did something else. You, you, uh, you missed it. I missed it? Yeah, it's okay. People on YouTube can go back and play it and then catch up. But on <laughs> okay. Facebook, they're going to have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I totally missed it. All right. Well, here's where we answer your questions about God, the Bible, Christianity, and whatnot. Um, what what th not? There's a little phlegm in there. Yeah. <laughs> and whatnot. Um, and so, guys, if you have any questions uh, that you want to send us, we want to answer your questions live on air. It's true. So, so make sure you send us your questions. You can send us a message at whatswhite.com. Uh, send us a message on Facebook. Just, just reach out to us, and we want, we want to make sure that we answer your questions. But we have a great question today. Yeah. Uh, part of my, my favorite part of these segments with you is messing with you. Uh, <laughs> like like throwing you off balance. I'm glad that's your favorite part. <laughs> By faith, but, that's my favorite but part. But see, you're better now than you were at the beginning. That's true. At the true. beginning, you would just be like... Ah. And that would be it for the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. But now you're like rolling with it, and that's, that's good. That's good. I'm growing, good guys. You I'm are. growing. Uh, did you listen to the last segment at all? <laughs> um, 
I'm the, not the, sure. Maybe the, the bearded Santa? Okay, yeah, you did listen to it. Um, okay, that's okay. We, we don't have to talk about that right now. I was just curious. I've done a lot of growing is what I'm saying. <laughs> a lot of growing. I'm very confident. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> anyway. So, so what's our question today? The question that we're going to be talking about today is, is it okay to talk about politics from the pulpit? Mm. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> um, that's a great question. Yeah. And you know, it's one that's actually talked about quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, today. Yeah. Um, one of the... One of the issues is that, uh, and, and this is something that's very important, sometimes what will happen is you have two different sides of this. One, you should never talk politics from the pulpit. Another side is that you absolutely should talk politics from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the problems with it is that we start uh, as a society and even at, just as human beings that are born again even, many times what we've done is gone to the place where we look at politics as the answer. Mm-hmm. And politics ultimately isn't the answer. If politics were the answer, then everything in the world would be great. But it's not, right? Sure. Uh, ultimately, our answer is found in God and found mm-hmm. in the Word. And yeah. so even though if I believe that politics should be in the pulpit, which we're getting ready to get into, mm-hmm. from the Word... Um, if I believe in that, I've got to make sure that I don't go to the ditch where I think that one party is my answer, that mm-hmm. who's the president is the answer. Yeah. Uh, that does play a part, but it is not the ultimate answer. The mm-hmm. ultimate answer is God. And we really err when we think that that is the answer to everything, mm-hmm. that if, if the elections go our way, mm-hmm. then everything will be right in our lives. And that's mm-hmm. not the case. It'll go right in your life no matter what's happening in the world because of God. Yeah. And so that sure. needs to be the focus. Now, that being said, politics are not the ultimate answer. However, they are, politics are the responsibility of believers. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I, I found this uh, quote today, and I thought it was really good. Calvin Coolidge, who was the 30th president of the United States, said, and he declared, the foundations of our society in America and our gov- government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support the foundations of society if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. In other words, our, our uh, beliefs are so critical to this government that, and to this form of government in America that if the beliefs of God and the moralities of God cease to be in the country, then the country itself would start to crumble because mm-hmm. it's based on a moral, yeah. uh, a moral country and yeah. a godly people. And that's part of what we've seen in the last few yeah. years. I think it was Reagan that said, when we forget that we're one nation under God, we'll be one nation gone under. Yes. You know, yeah, it's, that's it's right. It's a huge part of who Very we are. Very much so. In other yeah. words, our responsibility, politics are upheld by godliness, okay? So no matter what country you're in, especially in America, though, uh, politics are upheld by godliness, uh, not godliness upheld by politics, all right? And then, so what I wrote down was this, morality in our country should come uh, from the foundations of our pulpits, 
but much morality has been legislated from political offices. So it's not that nothing happens in politics. It does. As a matter of fact, the verse that, that you and I were talking about is Proverbs 19.2. It says, when the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when a wicked person rules, people groan. Uh, one translation says, you know, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. In other words, God himself shows us that politics plays into the lives of people. Yeah. And it's, you can legislate it to be easier or harder for godliness to take place based yeah. off of who are in these offices. Mm -hmm. And so let me yeah. read this again. Morality in our country should come from the foundations of our pulpits, mm -hmm. but much morality has been legislated from political offices. So for example, if we have political offices that have voted for abortion, you know, murdering these kids, then you have a, a morality that's at an all-time low because of politics. And so that's not something, and we're going to look at a verse here in just a second that kind of will clear this up somewhat, but um, that's not something that the church can ignore, yeah. but at the same time, they can't put all their eggs in the basket of politics. So it, it's a balance there that we have. One of the things I pointed out was John the Baptist was involved in politics through his preaching to the religious leaders, you know, yeah. to the Pharisees and other religious groups. He actually was saying, hey, what are you doing here? He got involved in politics right while he was preaching. Yeah. And then he was also involved in politics with King Herod. You know, yeah. he went to Herod and said, in other words, he's going to a political leader and he's having an influence there. Now, of yeah. course, Herod didn't like it, wanted to kill him, didn't kill him uh, because he was afraid of the public. Mm -hmm. But then he goes into that party and he, he gets stupid and he, he kills John the Baptist over yeah. this political statement. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't that John wasn't supposed to be involved there necessarily. Mm -hmm. it, he was involved. Uh, mm -hmm. Jeremiah actually prophesied a governmental future and some changes mm -hmm. that were happening. Yeah. And this is all throughout the Bible. I just pulled yeah. out a few of them. One of these, I love these, Esther and Nehemiah preached politics by their actions. And essentially, I preach politics every Sunday by teaching and preaching the moral codes of Jesus. So yeah. when I teach, love your neighbor as yourself, mm. I'm preaching what should be in politics. Mm -hmm. I'm preaching what people should take into those offices. Yeah. I'm also preaching how people should vote. In other words, if you don't see these uh, principles coming to pass, if you see politicians who are behind murdering babies, I'm not, you know, God believes in life. And so every Sunday when I preach, I might be preaching morality, but I'm preaching politics, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, it's yeah. just that here's the issue. People need to apply those to the people that they elect. People need to apply them uh, to they need to apply that, that morality and the laws of God that, of his love. They need to apply that into the seed of a vote. Yeah. Uh, and that's why God tells us, hey, look, you want to have righteous people ruling because you'll rejoice. That's why yeah. he gives us that wisdom in Proverbs so yeah. that we will put godly people in those offices. Yeah. So um, one thing I wrote down is this. It is... And, and hear this clearly. It is a demonic doctrine that God should not be in the mix of every area of our lives. Yeah. 
And how do we know that? The whole Bible is a proof that God wants to be involved and abide in us and with us. God is very, if he knows the number of hairs on your head, God wants to know about you. He wants to be involved in our life. And for us to say that we don't want God in in this area of our life, politics or anything else, right? That is denying who God is, and it is going against his character and nature. God wants to be intimately involved in our life, and that includes politics. Uh, but how you handle it, you know, a lot of people go to activism when God hadn't called them to activism. I, I said this the other day. I, I you know, um, basically Martin Luther King Jr., I wholeheartedly believe that God himself anointed him to go and do the work that he did. And it was an awesome, awesome work. But a lot of people try to then go be Martin Luther King Jr. when God hasn't anointed them, and they become activists because they saw a good thing done in a man by God, but the issue is they think that any man can go do that. And that's when they mess up. They, they don't follow the leading of the Lord and the obedience of, of the Lord. And they, yeah. you need to hear that. So this verse is a huge key to it all. And uh, this is Matthew 16, verse 18 and 19. This is the very first time that Jesus mentioned the church. So now we're not just talking about the pulpit. We are directly talking about the church. Mm-hmm. And in this verse, he uses the church. Now, this is not a Hebrew word that he utilized. It's, a, it's actually a, a Greek word, right, yeah. that the Romans were using in, in their politics, in yeah. their society. So this word that he used for the church, ecclesia, is actually a Greek word that the Romans were using in society. And he used this word specifically to describe the church. Mm-hmm. And basically he says, and, and I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. So he defined his church, and when you go to that Greek word, the definition of that Greek word is the citizens of a kingdom called out from their homes to set the rule and the law in an area. So in the Roman culture, he used this word on purpose because it would define what the church of God was supposed to look like. He used this word, and by using this word, he defined what we should be doing. So every Sunday morning, a group, not a mixture, but a group of citizens should come together, and we know from Ephesians, grow up, but also not only grow, but they should come together and set the rule and the law over an area. That means when we pray, our prayers should affect the politics. Our prayers should affect the community. Our prayers should change it. We should be walking in the authority that Jesus gave us. And that doesn't just go to politics. It goes to every area of life, and that, by definition, is what the church should be doing. The church should be involved. And he shows us that when we operate like this, and the gates of hell will not overpower that, he will give us the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So God's plan is for preaching and godly fellowship, you know, fellowship with us and godly preaching to, to change people 
And then the people who are now changed, they will change the rule in their land or the laws in their land by their vote and the godly appointment. So should we preach politics? Yes, and we really are, even if we don't uh, tag, you know, tag it with politics. We're preaching politics every day because God's morality is what should be in politics. And so, but then when it comes to it, we need to discern what does the word say? What makes this candidate godly? What makes this candidate righteous? Yeah. And it's something that we are supposed to be because we set the rule and the law in. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And Jesus never shied away from talking about politics either. No. When people would come and ask him about taxes and, yeah. you know, different things, like what should we, like he even talked about how should you handle the government rulers, you know. Yeah. You know, he, he talked about it. He didn't yeah. say, oh, no, we don't talk about politics in the church. No, yeah. he, he addressed it. He talked about it and he gave them instructions. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it, it's something that if... The question is not what would Jesus say, it's what did Jesus say, yeah, you know, and yeah. we take that and then we walk in it. Yeah, and so good. he addressed the politics of mm -hmm. the tax, you know, yeah. hey, render unto Caesar what Caesar's, yeah. you know. In other words, hey, if that's the tax, then pay the tax, you know. Yeah. And uh, that was talking politics. That was yeah. preaching politics yeah. in his life. And so ultimately the answer is yes, we should absolutely talk about yeah. politics. The issue is we can't move to the place where politics becomes our source yeah. or we become an activist when God hadn't told us to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I do believe that, and, and that was it. I mean, I, I saw problems in the world and I, I asked the Lord, do you want me to go what, and this is the, the question, are we seeking the Lord on this? Yeah. I asked the Lord, I said, do you want me to go and become active in any kind of politics or anything like that? And his answer to me, I'm not saying this to everybody, but to me, when I sought him was preach the word. Yeah. That was my focus mm -hmm. because in preaching the word, I'm getting into the people what they need to change yeah. the atmosphere politically yeah. or any other atmosphere. Yeah, so. and where it can get like a little fishy is when people start preaching their own political opinions rather yes. than the word of God. Exactly. And exactly. that's when it can get dangerous. Yes. It's like but. when, you know, before the election, I had a sermon and I went through and I went through scriptures. This is what scripture yeah. says about this yeah. item. This is what scripture says about this item. Mm -hmm. And what we wanted to do was show what does God say about these yeah. platform items mm -hmm. and where yeah. does, where does God stand on them? And, mm -hmm. you know, so the issue, again, is, yeah, we should preach politics, but we should be very mindful. And you should watch it when leaders get over into the place of being an activist without having the... And you won't know what necessarily whether or not the Lord told them to do that, but you can see the fruit of it. And are they making politics their source? In other words, if this, if this doesn't happen, we're all shot. That's not true. Uh, the promises of God are the same no yeah. matter no matter who you are or where you are. The promises of God are the promises of God to the children of God. Yeah. And uh, you know, one one uh, politician does not make a place, and one politician doesn't break it. But the morality of what's preached in the pulpit can, because yeah. the Bible says that the church is the pillar of truth. In other words, God is the source, mm -hmm. and He utilizes the church to keep the gates of hell at bay. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if here's the thing. If the church stops being the church, the gates of hell will be released. However, if the church preaches something that God didn't tell them to preach, mm -hmm. are they then still being the church? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, 
there not be in the church, and the gates of hell will also be released. So we have this balance of God wants to be involved in everything, but make sure you're hearing from the Lord. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. And amen. Amen. Wow, that was a lot of really good stuff. Amen. Wow. (laughs) Amen. All right, well, guys, thank you for joining us for Q&A. Again, even if this question sparked some questions that you might have, send us your questions. Yeah. Because we we want to hear your heart, we want to see where you're at, and we want to help you grow. Amen. Because one of the greatest ways to grow is to ask questions. Yes. Pro- probably, yeah. So make sure, you, you know, if you ever have any questions, because if you have questions, that means someone, another one of our viewers probably has that same exact question. Yeah. So send us your questions. We want to answer them. But guys, thank you for joining us for Q&A. Now we're going to be transitioning over into what's the word. We're going to be talk, going more into the three parts of man. Yeah. Part two. It's going to be powerful so take these next few minutes or these next few seconds like and share the broadcast share it because there's someone who needs to hear this today share the broadcast and we'll see you in just a second for what's the word amen because we are continuing part two of yesterday's broadcast. Hallelujah. Three parts of man. What are they? Why are they important? (laughs) Why do they matter? That sounds weird. What's the deal? (laughs) What's the deal with three parts of man? This is something that truly get excited about this because this is something that'll change your life. It'll change your walk with God forever. Like it's, it's a really, really good one. I'm not exaggerating. It's a good one. But before we hop in, We want to know who's watching. So if you are on right now, put in the comments your name, say hello, say I'm expecting to receive today. Put that in the comments and hello. I have not talked to you yet. I know. It's good to see you. (laughs) Good to see you. Good to see you. I'm trying to get uh, the comments and everything up here. So I understand. Working on that. We have had some really good comments today. We had a ton of people on Family Chat. Evan Didio won our gift card today. And he's going to be with us on Monday. We're going to have, it's going to be such a good day. But yeah, it's good. I don't see anybody commenting. I I meant it. I want to know who you are. (laughs) I want to say hi to you people. I was for real. Yeah, I meant what I said, and I said what I meant. Priscilla says, Priscilla here, and expecting to receive today. Praise God. Amen. (laughs) Amen. I'm expecting for you to receive as well. I'm expecting to receive today. You should be. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we're on this, I'm expecting to receive something brand new from the Lord right now. It's going to be good. Kevin Nowicki says, hello, watching from the Pancho Villa uh, parking lot. Kevin Buck says, here. 
<laughs> the Seyfried family is expecting to receive today. Jane Amen. says, I'm here. Joan, there's my people. Joni says, I'm expecting from New York. Serena Hello. says, I'm Serena, and I'm watching from my home. <laughs> Buddy says, I'm Buddy, and I'm a normal person. If you have to say it, you're probably not, though. Like, if you have to make the statement, there's some discrepancy in there. He says that with that shirt on. He says that after telling us that he pet the toilet seat cover. I know. Like, I, <laughs> I'm not I done saw with it. that. <laughs> I saw it. He says he was he's going to bring it with him when he comes back from Christmas. No, and no. I was like, I don't want that no, here. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> Johnny says, I'm expecting to receive today. Jade says, watching from the his house. And Rachel says, wait, hi, wait, from the back to the do? room. Uh, hello, I'm watching from the his house. Oh, okay. All right. What I do you think I did? Well, how you turned your hands out of, out of my peripheral vision, it looked like you went his house like <laughs> kung fu. But you, this was more like it was more DJ. scratching the record. Yeah, it was I more DJ it. than chop chop. I, I didn't realize that our hand positions <laughs> would change it from DJ to like super ninja. Ni to ninja. It's true. <laughs> Speaking of ninja, this has nothing to do with the word. I took Luke shopping yesterday for Christmas. Yeah. Luke is pastor's son. And he had many ninja moments. <laughs> but as he has aged, his stealthness has somehow declined in the public ninja department because there are many modes of ninja that led to him flailing like and kicking his legs out. And I was like, we are not being stealthy right now, babe. Like, we're not, we're not doing it. He might need some practice. <laughs> Jade says, yeah. That's how I interpreted that. Awesome. Yep. I'm sorry for the voice. It won't. I, it yeah. probably won't happen again. <laughs> yeah. Snap into a Slim Jim. All right. What? What was that? Apparently, it is. You've never seen Snap into a Slim Jim? Nope. Yeah. My brother and I were just talking this morning how my jokes have left half of our crowd. <laughs> I normally get most of them. There, it was, uh, who was the wrestler? I can see him. Uh, Macho Man. Macho Man Randy Savage. He oh, was, yeah. He was the wrestler, and he did snap into a Slim Jim. It was a whole series of commercials. Does anybody remember that? See, Johnny says, I get it. I, Johnny's older than me, though. Huh? I, I, yeah. I know Hulk Hogan. I know who Randy Savage is, like, I, I knew that, but I'm not going to lie, my first thought when you said Randy was Randy Jackson from American Idol, and that's a totally different person in visual. True, <laughs> true. He's the one that says dog a whole lot, um, like, but with a W in there. It's like dog. Like D-A-W-G. Uh, Kevin Nowicki, I'm assuming, is quoting wrestle things. That, that actually was very similar, but he says... I was getting more of a Kool-Aid man vibe, and that actually was very similar. They, they, they were similar. I remember the Kool-Aid man. He was the very aggressive, like, pitcher of Kool-Aid that busts through people's windows and doors and stuff. I remember <laughs> yeah. Kool-Aid man. Kevin DeWeek said, ooh, yeah, brother. That was Macho Man. I just appreciate the voices macho, that are happening. Macho Man. I don't necessarily need the reference. I'm getting the voice, and that's what I want. You from need this. to YouTube this afterwards. Okay. Though. All right. So this has taken a turn. Nothing to do with the three parts of man, but we're going to jump in now. Let's let's go all professional and everything. So, 
Today on What's the Word, we're going to be talking about the three parts of man. And uh, can you get that image ready so we can actually go professional with it and put that up as I say that? That would be a great timing. <laughs> All right, you ready, 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 ready? No? There was a, it was no. <laughs> it was like quiet and sad sounding. Like, no, no, yeah, give me more time. <laughs> if I was... If I was Dr. Rodney, Dr. Rodney is like vicious with the people in the sound booth at times. He's like, "Where? what year is this? <laughs> He's also rather sassy with catchers and ushers. Like, yeah. where are you coming from? The back of the parking lot yeah. right now? Like, what's going on? You're going to come up here anytime soon? What people don't realize <laughs> is that, he, like, he's not being harsh. That's his humor, mm -hmm. you know. That's just, that's the humor that he grew up with in South Africa, and he carries that humor. In. I'm so, imagining. At first, I was like, oh, my gosh, that is really rough. But it's like, it's who he is. He's joking with them and, and you know, loving on them. I'm imagining early Marky working in the media booth there. <laughs> like, that's, it's really fun. Kevin Nowicki, a former usher, just put up, ushers? 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 <laughs> Although when I read it, I read it like Usher's song, so it was more in sing-songs format. So I'm sorry. Eo, do you have, is it ready now? Okay, amen. <laughs> Johnny's <laughs> quoting Dr. Rodney. He says, just, just go in the parking lot. I'll radio, radio you if I need you. True. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. I'm glad that you're merciful. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> I've needed it a lot. <laughs> We've all needed it a lot. So. so today on the broadcast, we're talking about the three parts of man. How does knowing about the three parts of man help us? Why is it important? How do they work? It is awesome. And if you did not watch it yesterday, you need to watch yesterday's. Yeah. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. So tell uh, quickly just what this revelation and knowledge that comes from the word, tell, tell everybody what it did for you when you yeah. learn this. Because before that, you're like, these are crazy thoughts, crazy <laughs> doctrines. But These are the crazy people. No, yeah. um, this is something when I learned it, it started to open up scripture in a totally different way. And it just made life make sense. Yeah. You know, I mentioned it yesterday. Um, there were many times where I'd try to work my faith and it didn't seem to work or I'd, I'd be trying to go after God and it felt like I just couldn't yeah. and I didn't know why. And this teaching not only made it make sense, but yeah. taught me how to live yeah. as a Christian yeah. better. Yeah, I agree. And it, it changes one of the things. I was I'm assuming. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. I was looking at it to make sure. There, I'll show you something after the broadcast. Anytime pastor's eyes dart, I'm like, microphone, it's moved. And all you're hearing is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking out for you. <laughs> yeah, we have a new mic and it, it plays different than, than the other ones have. So anyway, we're getting used to them. But um, when we, when I really opened this up, I guess I knew this from a long time ago mm -hmm. because I read Brother Hagen's book on the three parts of man. And so I saw it and I understood the three parts of man. And I went into the word with that. But what I found was as I taught different things, 
people would not get it yeah. and they wouldn't see it and they'd have a hard time. And what I found myself doing on multiple occasions was I would teach somebody about the three parts of man so that I could explain what this verse meant. Yeah. And over time, you know, it took me a while, but uh, sorry about that, everybody. And uh, but over time, I realized I need to teach on this. <laughs> I need to teach on the three parts yeah. of man. And what I realized was it unlocks so much stuff in the word when you Truth. see it and when you understand it. And so what if you go to First Thessalonians 5.23, we talked about this yesterday and just give you a brief rundown of this. But First Thessalonians 5.23. 520 C. 520 C. You killed Kenny. Sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was for someone. If you're yeah. a South Park liker, let us know. <laughs> now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what you see is you see spirit, soul, and body. Yeah. And you see that in the Bible, the Holy Spirit has shown us that there are three parts uh, to each person, three parts of man. And then one of the great places that we looked at yesterday was we looked in Luke chapter 16, and you read the story of the... <laughs> Johnny. It was for Johnny. Yeah, apparently. it was Johnny. Johnny <laughs> called it. And um, so in Luke chapter 16, uh, you see that in the story of the rich man and the beggar Lazarus, you can very clearly see all three parts of man in yeah. that story. One thing I didn't say yesterday, but it is uh, very important. So a lot of times some people would look at this story and they would think, well, that's just a, you know, a parable. But, I was excited for you to bring this up. Yeah, but one of the things that happens is uh, when Jesus would tell a parable, he would say, it is like this mm -hmm. or it's like that. But in this story, if you look in verse 19, Jesus actually says directly, now there was a rich man. He didn't yeah. say it's like this. This is not a parable. Most scholars agree that these were actual people that yeah. Jesus had knowledge of on the earth and was a real story uh, that happened, not a parable. Yeah. So this is not figurative language. This actually happened. And in this story, you see that the man's body is buried or his flesh man, the outer man, the body was buried on the earth. Yeah. Yet the rich man, his, his mind, will, and emotions, he could think, he could feel. He, was, uh, in, he said he was in torture, mm -hmm. right? He had emotions. He remembered even. He remembered yeah. things. All of that was in his soul. The mind or the mind, will, or emotions, the soul wraps all of that up. But then also you see that his spirit man, the real man, it says he, he, yeah. the real man, yeah. was in hell. Not, not where his body was. He, the real man, was in hell. So you see the spirit, the soul, and the body. And you see that the person that we see in the mirror is not the real us. Yeah. It is a covering uh, and basically like a shell surrounding that spiritual man. And if you take the spiritual man out of that fleshly body, the fleshly body is now dead, yeah. right? Because you've taken the spirit which has life out of it. 
And uh, so uh, many times people will interchange the word soul and spirit, and I, un- I understand that. Uh, but they are different in yeah. the word. And a lot of times, even in some of our English translations, those words are mixed up. So you really need to, to really, truly understand it. You need to go back to the original language and see which one were they talking about. So you can see the original words in First Thessalonians yeah. 5.23, and you can see it there. Uh, and that's where you can see those original words in, in the Greek. Then you can take those words from there because you have all three of them in one verse. You can take those words from there and you can see which one are they talking about at yeah. different places. Well, and, and it's important too yeah. because it, it's very common to believe, okay, well, I have a flesh, like I can see that. But the yeah. spirit soul, that just seems semantics. Like the, it's, it, they're huge. They act yeah. very differently and they yes. have different purposes and functions. So we're not just getting into the weeds of this just to get in the weeds. It's, these are important differences yes. between all three of them. Yes. And so one of the things that you see is you have these three parts. And and a good thing for us to say, I had people put it in the comments yesterday, is I am a spirit, Mm -hmm. I have a soul or a mind, will, and emotions, and I live in a body, right? I have a spirit, I I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. And that kind of shows you that. Now, the importance of this is, when you look at certain verses, you can tell he's talking to the spirit or yeah. he's talking to the body. So some words for spirit are heart, uh, the inner man, or the spirit, right? Yeah. Some word for uh, the soul is the core of man. Sometimes they'll use heart for the soul as yeah. well. And I understand that may be a little bit confusing. That's why you have to go and study what are the original words. Um, one place to do that, you can go to a Strong's Concordance. Uh, one uh, app that'll show you that is eSword uh, or the Blue Letter Bible. I know they'll have the original words where you can look that up. And uh, those are some places where you can study those things out if you desire to yeah. do that. And you should. At some point, you definitely should. And, uh, but, and for the body, uh, words that are used are the body, the flesh, the outer man. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are words that are used in, in the Bible to describe each one of those. Now, like I said, to give you heart, a lot of times it's talking about the inner man or the spirit of man. But heart also can be used to talk about the core or basically if you uh, boiled your whole self down into one core thinking or belief, that would be the core of who you are. That's going to equate out to the soul or the mind, will, or emotion. Have you renewed your mind from corruption to incorruption? Where are, where's your core at? Where's yeah. the average of your thinking at? So when it tells us uh, to believe in our heart, like then that, what that's saying is not believe necessarily. The spirit man believes, but what he's saying is the core of our renewed mind must believe yeah. on that. We can't just amen it. We've got to get it in us, and we've got to have our mind renewed and have rhema or revelation on it. And out of that place, we believe when right. we've renewed our mind to it. Uh, so heart can be a tricky word, and so you need to know that going yeah. forward. But now, I want to look at today the relationship of the three parts. So knowing this, you'll go into scriptures like what we talked about yesterday, Hebrews 12:11. You can see clearly that Hebrews 12:11 is talking about the flesh man, right? Mm-hmm. He's talking about the flesh man. 
Um, and so you'll see other scriptures. Oh, this is talking about the spirit man. Right. And you'll see many places where uh, now that you know the three parts of man and you know their character and their nature. And basically, uh, we talked about this. We're going we're gonna to show this in just a second. Uh, Buddy's prepared some uh, slides for us to, to see. And we're going to see what the character and nature is. Before we do that, before we jump into that and we talk about each one of those character and natures, I want us to go to Romans chapter 7. Acts, Romans, Romans. And I believe, let me just double check what verse we're going to start at. Romans seven twenty-two. Romans seven twenty-two. For I, he says, for I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. Okay, so right here, inner man. You can actually see these three parts of man in this set of verses as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so who's the inner man? The inner man is the spirit. Yeah. Right? So he says, I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. Now, why would he be so happy to agree with the law of God in the inner man. Because when you go back to what we talked about yesterday in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 and 21, the inner man is the one that was made a new creation. Yeah. Made a completely new creation, and that new creation was the righteousness of God in Christ. That inner man, or the spirit that's born again, is always going to agree with God. Yeah. And we see that right here. In the, it's never not going to agree with God because it's being renewed day by day, which is the verse Buddy put up yesterday. Uh, that inner man is being renewed every day, and it's kept, it's kept yeah. in the righteousness of God in Christ. That's the real you. So see, the real you, if you're born again, the real you is just like God in his righteousness. Yeah. Right now, it's the flesh man or the old man that doesn't look like God. But see, the devil gets us to pay attention to the old man or the flesh man more than the new man. Because if you start paying attention to the new man, you'll recognize I have rights. Yeah, I have rights. And that might have been who I was, but that's not who I am. And, and I'm going to talk about what we do with that in just a second. So he says, I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. Do you want to say anything about that? Okay. Uh, verse 23, he says, But I see a different law in the members of my body, or the flesh man, waging war against the law of my mind. There's the mind, the soul. Yeah. All right. And making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. So what he says is, I have a law of God in my spirit. I have a law of sin in my flesh. Yeah. Okay. He says, and here's what happens. That law of sin in my flesh wages war with my mind. Now, why would it wage war with the mind and not just wage war with the spirit? And we're going to get into that in just a second. But what you can see, and, and I want you to start seeing this, is you have a law of the flesh or a law of sin coming from the flesh man and a law of righteousness coming from the spirit man. And they're clashing yeah. right here in our mind. They're clashing in our soul, in our mind, will, and, and emotions. Yeah. And that's where the battleground takes place. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. If you got something, just... 
I will. No, okay. I, I, I don't have anything right now. I, okay. have, I have my own fun things happening. Yeah, in my brain. I understand. <laughs> I understand. So verse, now watch this. He, and I want you to see, can you see in this one verse that the flesh man is sending an input mm -hmm. to the mind? Yeah. All right. There's something that is being received by the mind yeah. from the flesh man. Yeah. Okay. There's something being received by the mind from the flesh man. Then he says, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from this body of death? Because the wages of sin is death and right. the law of sin is operating. So one of the things to know is this fleshly body carries with it the corruption of sin and we will never get rid of that corruption of sin in the flesh until we receive as believers a glorified body. Yeah. Okay. So until we receive that, this flesh body is always going to carry in it a corruption of sin. Yeah. Okay. Which means it has to be put down. He tells us to subject the flesh, to submit the flesh. Okay. So we have to put that down. Now, he says, who's going to set me free from this body of death. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, but thanks, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that, uh, in other words, he says, Jesus will do this. Yeah. Jesus will set us free. All right. Now watch. He says, so that on the one hand, I myself with my mind, now watch this, with my mind am serving the law of God. All right. So now what we see in these verses is your mind is receiving an input from the flesh, but now in this verse, your mind is receiving an input, input from the spirit. Yeah. So your mind receives an input of both. And the question that we left with yesterday is, is the voice, excluding the voice of the devil and his demons, is the voice that I hear in my head only coming from me? And the answer is no. You have the voice of the flesh man there, and you have the voice of the spirit man there, which the spirit man is connected to God. Yeah. So in my mind, the devil may come and he may throw a temptation at you, and, and he can do that. He can yeah. throw thoughts at your mind. And I love what Brother Hagin says is a lot of people, they're under condemnation for the thoughts that they have. And the devil puts a lot of them there. But here's what it says. It says that the nature of the devil is in that corrupted flesh. Mm -hmm. And so whether the devil comes himself and puts in a thought like that or yeah. whether he brings a thought through a corrupted flesh, it's still the nature of it is from the devil. Yeah. And but from our spirit that's renewed, we have the leading of the Lord to us yeah. there. All right? And I know that for some people, like hearing that, it's probably felt like, oh, but there, that it's still me. Like it, it is me that's here. You're not your flesh. That's like, right. That that's where the difference maker is. is yes. you, it may not be the devil himself directly talking to you, but your flesh is not you. If you're born again. If you're born again, your flesh yeah. is not who you are. Christians are not their flesh. That's right. And so when you read through these verses, like I know that that can feel well, great. Like. Part of me is going to serve the law of sin and death, and part of me is going to serve the law of God. And 
Yeah. Hooray! But here's the thing. You're not your flesh, and the Lord would not allow you to still have a flesh if you couldn't dominate it. Yeah, if you couldn't put it down. The Lord never yeah. allows us to be in a situation that we can't triumph in. Yeah. He would never allow us to. So if he thought that our, our spirits being connected with God and our minds, when we transform them to the word, weren't enough to dominate the flesh, he would have gotten rid of the flesh the yeah. moment that we were born again. He would have figured something else out. But he knows that we are capable through him in our spirit and with our soul to yeah. dominate the flesh and put it under control. So we don't have to live by that yeah. law. If they would, please get Romans 8, chapter 1, get Romans 8, 1 ready in the King James. It's important for it to be in the King James. And when you post it, I want you to post it to all of the different channels so that people can set their eyes on it. So basically he says, and that's what we're going to go through is what we're supposed to do with this. So thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that I on one hand... I, I, on one hand, I myself, I myself, yeah. the real man, yeah. the real man, the spirit man, the inner man. No, I want the whole verse, not just that. Uh, anyway, the whole here, the real man mm -hmm. is the inner man. And he says, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God. In other words, there's an input from the mind to to the mind yeah. from the spirit. Yeah. And that's the real man that's doing it. So the real you is your spirit man. Yeah. Whether the, if that spirit is corrupted or incorrupted, if you're born again or not born again, your spirit man is the real you. Now, yeah. when you get born again, that spirit man is made just like God. And so he's speaking from the perspective of somebody who is a Christian, who is born again. Yeah. And he's saying that when I, when, I, when I see this, he says, I on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God. But on the other, with my flesh, the law of sin. So in other words, what he's saying right here in this verse is, the real me is the inner man. Yeah. But I still have a flesh. I live in a body. And my flesh is trying to, to give me something as well. So what you see here in this verse, then he says this about, he says, remember his question, oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to set me free? Jesus will. Yeah. And then he says in verse uh Chapter 8, verse 1, mm -hmm. there is therefore now no condemnation yeah. to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not by the flesh but by the Spirit. Yeah. Other translations leave out the part that say who walk not by the flesh but by the Spirit. But we know the full counsel of the Word shows us that that's true. All right. So there's no condemnation for those who don't walk by the flesh. Yeah. But by the Spirit. And who did that? Who brought about there's no judgment? There's no condemnation. It's Jesus. Yeah. In other words, Jesus will empower you to walk out the righteousness that's within you. Amen. Which means he'll empower you to take that voice of the flesh and the actions of the flesh and he will submit them. So I want you to get those slides ready. I'm going to pull from them in just a second. But then I want you to go here and I want you to see... I believe it is chapter 8. Let me see here. Find the verse where it says the Spirit uh, testifies or witnesses to our spirit that we are the children of God. 
16. Verse 16. All right, so verse 16, you see this. Now, in verse 16, there's Romans 8, 16. And what you see is this. You see that the Spirit of God now, so if you have this picture of man, here's his mind, his mind, will, and emotions. Then you have the flesh man who's given input. That's the body yeah. and the corruption of sin that gives input to the mind. On the other side, you have the spirit man who gives, and we're going to show this to you in pictures in just a second. But you have the spirit man who's given input also to the mind. And in the mind, will, and emotions, you will renew that mind and you will decide, what am I going to do? Yeah. What am I going to do? In the mind, will, and emotions, I'm going to decide what, what I'm going to do. And the more I study to show myself approved, the more my mind will be renewed and I'll know what to do and what not to do. Yeah. But Jesus is the one that will set us free from that law of sin and death that Jesus is the one that empowers us to tell that sin and death, no, yeah, no, I'm not doing it that way. He's the one. So even though you have these temptations coming from the flesh, you have all power through Jesus to tell them no. Yeah. And we see that in 2 Peter 1, 3, where it says, he's already granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Uh, he's given us the ability to live godly. He's given us the ability to live in fullness of yeah. life. But then he goes on to say, and Jesus will remove this condemnation that I've had because I haven't been doing it right. But now let me add one other element to it. I've already mentioned it is verse 16 shows us, let me read this. Verse 16, the spirit himself testifies, the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Yeah. So what you see throughout the full counsel of the word is the Holy Spirit will actually minister and speak to our spirit man. And then through our spirit man to our mind, we have ourself, who's the spirit man, that input. We have the flesh's input and we have the Holy Spirit's input. But then we also can have a devilish input when he's given us the wrong thoughts. Mm -hmm. And what I was saying earlier is a lot of times people fall into condemnation because condemnation they have bad thoughts. Brother Hagin said, just because the birds of the air fly over your head doesn't mean you have to let them make a nest in your yep. hair. Which means just because the devil throws bad thoughts at you, you're not condemned because you had the bad thought. You're condemned if you keep the bad thought yeah. and you meditate on the bad thought. So just take the bad thought, rebuke it, and throw it away and don't meditate on it. Yeah. And, and you're good. And uh, so... Now, let's look at these slides, and I want you to see. This is the interaction between us, uh, the interaction between us and our spirit, soul, and body, and with the Holy Spirit. So let's look at slide one. Amen. Numero uno. I haven't seen these slides in so long. Yeah. Okay, so right here you have, uh, you have this interaction between man. You have the three parts of man, the spirit the flesh and the mind or the soul, the, the spirit, soul, and body, okay? Go to slide two. Now, when you are not born again, then you are lost, right? Your spirit man is not renewed, it's darkened. Remember, Jesus yeah. is the light and the light cast out the darkness. So before you receive Jesus, your spirit man also has the nature 
of the devil in it. It has that nature in it. And, of course, our flesh is unsubjected. It also is unrenewed, yeah. and it's not going to be renewed until we receive a glorified body. But now these two uh, parts of man are going to feed inputs to the soul or to the mind. All right? Let's look at the next slide. And so you see that because the spirit is unrenewed and darkened and the flesh is unrenewed and darkened, the mind also is unrenewed and darkened. And so a lot of times what we see is we'll look at people in the world and we'll say, why, is, um, why, why are people not receiving, put it back on that please, um, why are people not receiving uh, this good news? Why are people, why don't they understand that killing babies is wrong? The reason is because their mind is unrenewed because yeah. their flesh is unrenewed or their spirit's unrenewed. Remember also going forward, all right, now bring the camera back to me and be ready for the next slide. Um, remember also that just because you're born again doesn't mean your mind's renewed. Right. That's a big element. So a lot of people, and, and we're talking about this in our uh, Impact University class on spiritual warfare. A lot of people, just because they're born again, doesn't mean they're walking in the light or the revelation of that. Right. And our responsibility, Jesus tells us that our responsibility is, once we're born again, to renew our mind. All right, let's go to the next slide. You can see from the last one, the two inputs. So now when somebody is born again, this is the exact picture that you're seeing in Romans chapter 7. You're seeing an exact picture in Romans chapter 7 of Paul uh, speaking, saying, I have a law of God that I agree with in my heart, in the inner man. And, and he says, it's given, and then he says, but the law of sin in my flesh is waging war in my mind. It's yeah. trying to take over. See, both sides are trying to take over. But if you're born again, if you're not born again, you don't have any power to put the other down. Mm -hmm. But if you're born again, you have the power to start changing the scenario. And so what you see is this person's born again, but they don't have a renewed mind yet. Right. They must start working on that. Okay. And so the next slide. So now what you're going to see is that this person is starting to renew their mind. Mm -hmm. And this is where many Christians have found themselves. They have one foot in the old flesh thinking and one yeah. foot in God's thinking. And they can maybe believe on, you know, the light portion of that mind. Uh, they can believe on Sunday that they're healed. But then they get home on Monday or Tuesday and their flesh says, no, you're not. I'm hurting. And yeah. all of a sudden now they're double minded. And in James, it says that a double-minded man should not think that he'll receive anything. In other words, we've got to fully renew our mind and get it in us that God's word is true. Remo renew our mind, renew our soul to the things of God, to his, his uh, will, his ways, and all of those things, and continue to renew our mind. Okay, next slide. And once we do that, what happens is we will take and renew our mind. And it, now, you, you can subject the flesh before you have your mind completely renewed, but it sure does help if you keep on renewing your mind, Absolutely. right? But <laughs> you have your mind renewed and the battlefield in the mind is now telling the flesh what to do. The Word teaches us to submit the flesh 
And if we will submit the flesh, put the flesh under, then we can actually walk in righteous actions with the flesh under our feet with sin under our feet. In other words, we have a renewed spirit, we have a renewed mind, and we subject the flesh. We submit the flesh. And now we will walk in the fullness of God's harvest for our lives, and now we will understand things that God's telling us to do, and we'll see how he wants us to live and walk. Yeah. So some people think that they, don't, they, they can do whatever they want to in the flesh, and they'll still be blessed, but that's not what the, counsel of the, the, the full counsel of the word says. Yeah. Well, and I love this because, I mean, you can see right there on this particular graphic the order that this has to happen in. And so often, you know, we'll try and do some of these things out of order. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell my flesh what to do, but you don't have a renewed mind, you're going to fail. Like, if you try to renew your mind, but you're not born again, like, if you want to, like, yeah. really see love, you can't do this out of order. They yeah. have to happen in that way. And because God has systems and processes step, uh, set up. But if you look at those graphics and, and take this to heart, then God literally gives us a step-by-step process of yes. this is how you live victoriously. Start with yeah. the Spirit, work on your mind, and then... Like renew your mind and then put your flesh under step by step. Yes, exactly. And so what you didn't see in those graphics, is that the last one? Okay. Yeah, what you didn't see in those graphics was you didn't see also the input of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, so uh, go back to the slide with the renewed mind and um, the, the subjected flesh, the very last one. Okay. So here, if you could imagine to the left of the spirit, uh, that's man's spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's right. man's spirit. But if you could imagine to the left of your spirit there uh, would be the Holy Spirit. And it is connected to your spirit because you're made in his righteousness. Yeah. And you're abiding in him and he's abiding in you. And the Holy Spirit is constantly giving you input and showing you what to do and what actions to take mm -hmm. in that way. Now, uh, go back to the one that had double-minded. Go back to that slide with double-minded. All right, now I just want you to take a look at this, and we're going to go back and forth to this uh, slide a couple of times here. Uh, but you can see here that you have this input in your, in your mind, uh, in the soul. Uh, you, you remember, the mind is the, the soul is the mind, will, and emotion. So the mind is the ability to think. Uh, the uh, emotions is the ability to feel mm -hmm. and the will is the ability to make a choice, mm -hmm. right? And so the soul is compromised or, or um, not compromised, but um, comprised. Is, a comp is comprised of the mind, will, and emotions or the ability to think, the ability to feel and sense things and the ability to make a choice, mm -hmm. all right? But so many people, when they're making that choice, they're trying to figure out which voice is this? Yeah. Is this God or is it? And a lot of times they'll say, is this God or is it me? Mm -hmm. What they really, correct terminology is, is this God or is this my flesh? Right. Because you are not your flesh. Mm -hmm. All right. Bring the camera back to me, please. So you are not your flesh. And so a lot of times, you know, even that terminology is teaching us 
to think more fleshly than it is spiritually. You know, you should say, is this God or is this my spirit right. or is this the Holy Spirit or is this my flesh, yeah. right? And so the Bible helps us with that. Let's go to Hebrews 4. Yeah, but he says on the comments, I'm not my flesh and I'm not my feelings. Yep. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Amen. So what you see here is you see the power of the word. Yeah. The power of the word here is able to go in and discern between the soul and the spirit. So put that graphic back up. And what you'll see is this, that in the power of the word, you're able to uh, discern and cut apart what is this coming from the spirit yeah. and what is coming from the flesh. Yeah. And the word will do that. The Bible will do that. That's why we need to know the Bible. That's why we need to study to show ourselves approved. Yeah. That's why we need to be like the Bereans and, and nobly yeah. study what we've, been, what we've had preached and see what God said. Because the more we know about the word, the more we'll be able to discern between yeah. spirit and flesh. And uh, so what you see here is, you see the power, you see the difference of the soul and spirit. Now, the spirit and the soul, the spirit is defined. The soul here is saying the input of the flesh to the mind. Mm -hmm. In other words, the Bible is able to discern between the inputs of the spirit and the inputs of the flesh. Mm -hmm. it's, and the flesh is going to try and give its inputs to the soul. And so the, he's saying the word of God is able to divide between soul, what's coming in from the flesh and what's going around. Because in an unrenewed mind or a double-minded mind, you've got this mixture of both. And what is actually truly my spirit? Okay, bring the camera back to me. What's truly my spirit and what's actually a mixture or what's yeah. the flesh? Yeah. And, and the word is able to discern that. Um, so several things to look at is just how powerful the word is there to see that in this verse also it shows us there's a difference between yeah. your spirit man and what's in the soul. Uh, but also know that God sees it all and he'll help us. Yeah. He'll help us do these things. I think it was, I think it was Brother Hagen that talked about uh, with, the, um, uh, with the spirit man touches the spiritual world, Right. And with the mind, man touches the intellectual world. Mm -hmm. And with the body, man touches the physical world. Yeah. And so God's given us the tools to separate between these and make sure that each one is put in its place. Yeah. Okay? Well, and it's important, too, to understand that not every seemingly good thought is coming from God. And if... If I'm wrong in my timing, just tell me and I'll hold it for another no, time. Let me, let me just interrupt. If you're hearing this and you're saying, okay, I have a question about that. Yeah. Put it in the comments right now because we're not going back to this again tomorrow. This is the end of this teaching. So um, <laughs> if you have questions, put it in right yeah. now. And then next week we're going to talk about how to be led, which you have to understand how to be led by God. You have to understand this to understand yeah. that. Yeah. So. Well, the story, it popped in my head yesterday and it came up to me again today is, you know, last 
year, about a year and a half ago or so, I'd had a, a dream that the Lord had given, or not that the Lord, I thought that the Lord gave it to me. And I thought that I was supposed to become a pastor. Like, I right. thought that that's what my... This is a great, great story. Well, I... <laughs> Now. Now. <laughs> now it's fun. <laughs> now I don't cry. <laughs> now I don't cry. <laughs> you have no idea how real that is. But I, I genuinely thought that that's what my life's path was supposed to go down. Right. Like when I moved here, I was put um, overseeing the youth. You were very wise and, and you still do the same thing. Just because you're in charge of something doesn't mean you get the title of pastor. Right. Um, there are lots of people with titles of pastor and you're not a pastor. The Lord hasn't done it yet. That's um, true. And so you told me, I will not call you that unless the Lord tells you. Hurrah, yeah. that's fine. But you look at the normal, the logical World, fleshly, soulish trajectory that most youth pastors go down. They become a youth pastor. They then become an associate pastor. They then become a pastor. So I'm like, cool, I'm on like step number one. That's awesome. Right. The next move is going to be associate pastor. Well, that's going to be super exciting when it happens. And so we're in a service. And, 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 and let me say, before this service, you started feeling transition. Yes. So transition, you could feel things are changing. Yes. And so your natural thought is... Fleshly, yeah. logical thought. Yeah. Was that, I, it's about, I get to be associate pastor next. Yeah. It's going to be so fun. Um, <laughs> no, but <laughs> But I, he said most youth, path, youth pastors use it as a stepping stone into real ministry. That's what I heard. Yeah. It, Not listen, from you. Yeah, no, it's, it is real ministry. That's like... The major ministry it's is a this church next within generation. A church. It is. Like, it is. So it's I, not to be looked down at. No. And I've never I've never done it. It is not to be looked down at. No. Not I, I say I've never done it. I did when I was young. I don't I've never done it as a pastor. Mm -hmm. No, it is very vital and important and yeah. it is not lesser. It yeah. is very important. Yeah. So. Um and so 2018 I'm in a service and I like I was touched by God like I could I I know I was but I thought that I heard the Lord say you will become a pastor or something to that degree like I knew it happened and I like it it I allowed it to mark me. So I went right. to pastor afterwards because I'm a minister. So I'm like, I'm going to go to my shepherd because I heard this and it's going to be great. And pastor's words back to me were, the Lord's talking to me about you. Like, pray about this. The Lord is talking to me about you. Don't think he's not talking to me about you. So my So flesh, I told her that. I said, I, I did not acknowledge what you said, nope. really. I, I heard what you said, but I didn't, I didn't check it and say, yeah. yes, that's correct. I said, know this. The Lord's talking to me about you. Yeah. And, and so my flesh and, and my soul, see, my soul thought that to arrive in ministry yes. was to be a pastor. Yes. I didn't think that I could ever do anything else in the ministry, yes. like any of the other ministerial gifts. I thought that pastor was the end all be all. And that's what I was right. going toward. And the Lord's talking to you about it. So my soul, the feelings part of me took what you said, grabbed a hold of it and was like, he's talking to my pastor about me. 
yeah. about this word that I just got. About being a pastor. About being a pastor. So that's And that's happening. not what he was talking to me about. No, but like <laughs> I went home. And so my flesh and my soul knows the spiritual thing. So I'm like, I'm not going to let go of this word. I'm going to write I'm it where I can on. see it yeah. every day. And it was in a, first of all, you, uh, what happened at the beginning is interesting, but at that point now you assumed, yeah. you assumed I that I said, it. yeah, you, yeah, you logic it out and you assumed that I was in agreement and yep. saying the same thing, Yep. but that was a wrong assumption, but it was, you assume that. Okay. So that's November. And this is not like, it's not like November's the first time I thought about being a pastor. This is years. Like I right. felt called into ministry right. for years. I just assumed pastoring is what I was supposed to do. So I, it's April now and you and which, I are. Ha- which pastoring is what you're supposed to do. That's what a lot of America does. As soon as they see somebody rise above the crowd. Mm-hmm. Oh, you must be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've got a call in your life. Oh, you must be a pastor. You know, and it's one of the most dangerous things they and can I had do. Many words given to me about sure. being a pastor and whatever. Because people want to be special and feel like they are the ones that gave you the word. Yep. And so they're in, and here all of this that she's describing is what's known as soulish thinking. Yep. In other words, it was all in the soul, but not actually from the spirit. And yeah. that's, and your soul can make it feel like God said it. Yeah. Your so. soul hears the teaching. So like yeah. you've had, te- you've taught us many a times that you don't just call somebody a fivefold minister. Like there's a process. The Lord calls you that, like you, the yeah. Lord has to say it. You have to know it. Your leader has to know it. And those that you're yeah. called to have to know it. So I assume this was the Lord telling me and revealing yeah. it to me. So fast forward to April. Now I've had this. It's funny now, but it, it was, wasn't. it wasn't at the time. Yeah. It was, it was I, I know Fun, exactly. Now, what it was. now we look back and like, oh, what a great growing moment. And yeah, but then, it, then was. it wasn't. <laughs> well, it was dangerous. It really was. I like, that was a moment where I could have left. Yeah. Like it truly was one of those moments. Yeah. Um, but so I fast forward to April, pastor and I are having a talk about Marky coming. Yeah. That's what we were talking about was Marky coming and moving to Boomerang maybe. And in that conversation, we started talking about the transition that I had been feeling. I finally like manned up and brought it to him. And I'm like, I feel confident about this. This is the time. And pastor basically was like, I think Paul is supposed to lead the youth. And I like my flesh didn't love that because I loved the kids like I the Lord used me to help form the youth ministry here. So I was sad about that, but I was also excited. So I'm like, oh, it's step two. We're going. And um, (laughs) so I leave and I don't remember what key phrase you said. You said something, though. And so that night was ladies meeting. So in the middle of ladies meeting, I clued into, uh oh pastor said something like, and it was one of those things it where was debunking what you were thinking. Yeah. Where if I had not, I could have very easily assumed again, but the Lord is so good and helped me see there was something in that tone and what he said, ask yeah. him about it. So I sent him a question very pointedly directly asking, 
do you not think I'm called to be a pastor? Like, like it was something like that where it was very pointed and there, there couldn't be any sidestepping around. Not that he would, but sometimes he gives me the hold on to that and we'll come back later. So it, <laughs> there is no holding on. It was, it was the moment of it's, it's answer time. And I remember pulling into my driveway and listening to your Vox and the, the message that you sent me back. And you're like, nope, I I don't think that's what you're called to do. I've never thought that's what you're called to do. And <laughs> I, it was a really unpleasant next like 18 hours in the life of Barrett. Was it the next day you came and we yes. talked at the house? Okay. Yeah, it sure was. So I cried like all night. And I, at that point I was homeschooling. <laughs> Pastor <pastor's> Goals <laughs> calls people to call cry all night. It, it's not him. It was, I had my soul had so desperately latched on to this is my Your life. soul. Yeah, not my spirit. Your soul. My soul wanted that. And yep. that was my dream. Like that was the dream that I had had for years. It's yep. what I thought I was called to do. It's what I was planning to do. All of the gift, all the, all of my time had been devoted to, I'm going to learn how to pass. I'm going to watch, I'm going to read books. I'm going you, to watch you felt like everything. You felt like everything led up to that moment. And yep. then I popped the bubble of, no, that's not it. And it was not a small bubble to pop. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I know you probably felt like I just wasted all of this time. I did. And, but that wasn't it at all. Mm -mm. It was actually much greater. And you still don't know everything with it. But it was actually, it's what yeah. he's calling you to is actually much greater because it's what's designed for you. Yeah. And well, that's the beauty of it. Well, and so the next day, like I, he, here's, here's the example. My spirit was fine. Like my spirit man was okay. But I had so suppressed my spirit man talking to me about this issue that the next day, like it truly felt like my world was done. Like yeah. I, I didn't know what to do anymore. Like I'm homeschooling Luke and stepping into the, into the lobby and sending Pastor Nicole messages, crying back and forth. And then... And then walking back in and teaching Luke and then taking, like, we went But it, it was all hard because I wasn't you had given yourself to the soul and not the spirit. Yeah. Because you hadn't, you had made assumptions and you thought that I had said the same thing, but I yeah. hadn't until this moment you yeah. found out. So I, I took Luke to the park and Pastor, <laughs> I think Pastor, like, voxed me and asked how I was or something. And... I think I, box, I like I think I responded back, but he knows my tone enough that he calls. He's like, "So, <laughs> um, we need to chat." <laughs> so we talk on the phone for like an hour. It was probably the worst babysitting I've ever done of Luke. Um, and I like I'm on the phone with him, and it's time to take Luke home. And I just sat in your house for another like two, three hours. <laughs> Abby came home at that point, and I had like just been crying so uh, it y'all it was the worst i think i've ever cried <laughs> we had a guest visitor mike vitalich came that day and like to teach impact and i had cried so hard that i had like remnants of tissue on my face because i had dabbed it into like oblivion like i stood up and i looked down and there's just tissue disintegrated on me like it was the worst oh man <laughs> and and so pastor and i are talking and it was probably one of the most honest conversations you and I had had, should have been had a long time ago by me. But I came and I'm like, I don't understand where I missed it. Because I genuinely thought that I had talked to Pastor. Yeah. Genuinely thought that he had confirmed it. Genuinely yeah. thought that I had done all of the things correctly. And so I, I sat there, I'm like, 
I don't understand. Help yeah. me understand where I misunderstood this. Like, I, here's all the things. Yeah. Walk me back through this. And what I had done, this is why I love this topic, because this topic yeah. will save your life. Yes, it will. I had been in my soul to such a degree that my mind, my will, and my emotions had built up a life for me that my spirit man had nothing to do with. And so at the end of this conversation that I have with Pastor, I'm sure it was really fun for him. Actually, I know it wasn't because at one point he teared up watching me cry my eyes out. Like, because you felt the, you had empathy, you had compassion for me. But at the end of it, I had the decision to make, okay, my mind has been super unrenewed. Like my mind has been double-minded this whole time. And now I get to decide what I'm going to do. Am I going to allow the spirit to start properly filling my mind? Or am I going to let my flesh take over? Because my flesh, I asked you, I'm like, do I have to go to impact tonight? Like my whole thing, y'all, I look like a puffer (laughs) fish, like covered in tissue. It was bad. Like, do I have to go to class? And you're like, Yes, yes, you do. (laughs) And then that class was the worst impact class I've ever had. Because that was the night that Mike came to teach us how to soul win. And he decided that I would be a really good example to use in front of people. And I sucked at it. And I was like, great. So not only are my dreams dead, but I suck at soul winning. Cool. Best day ever. Let's do it in front of everybody. So fun. What a good day. And I remember I went home. Multiple pieces of humble pie that day. Oh my gosh. And then everybody knows I'm like, I'm normally like decently peppy or, you know, somewhat happy. And people looked at me all night and I had like, I had all of my people who love me being like, are you okay? Are you, right? are you fine? I am fine. I'm <laughs> Stop fine. asking me. Stop talking. So I leave. Or else I'm not going to be fine. I leave and you asked me before I left, like, are you fine? I'm like, nope, <laughs> I'm not, but I'll, I believe I will good. be. And so I pulled into, like, I'm driving all the way home. I'm feeling like crap. Like, it's, it's one of, at that moment, felt like the worst day. And I pull into the driveway of my house, and I sat there for about two minutes. And praise God, I had been in class, my spirit was prepared, and my spirit man asked me, is this how you're going to end your day? Is this how you're going to finish it? Mm-hmm. That's good. And I sat there, and I, I knew exactly what he wanted me to do, and I took a deep breath, and at least obediently, and not cheerfully, but at least obediently, I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not ending my day like this. I'm, this is not who I am. I don't yeah. care what the news is. And my spirit man led me to go to Walmart, and my spirit man led me to go lead people to Jesus. And even though I failed in class, and I scared at least the two first people away because they ran away from me, by the time I went home, I had led somebody to Jesus because I'm like, this is who I'm called to be. <laughs> and that was, that was really the, the marker of everything shifting. Yeah. Because I had let my soul get so built up around not reality. That's a great moment. That's we got a, there. That's a great moment. <laughs> and that's a pastor moment that he's pleased with. Yeah. Is that. So you did the right thing. So how did she get there? And how does that happen? You know, what, um, so I had a, um, an experience early on too where I thought that the Lord spoke to me. I thought for sure it was the Lord, and I'd come down the road, 
you know, and I very you know, much get served a piece of humble pie myself, and I realized that was not the Lord, but yeah. it sounded like the Lord. It, I thought for sure it was the Lord. Yeah. And let me show you how this happens. Let's put the one with the double-minded back up again. And I'm going to show you just kind of diagnosing what happened in your situation. So what, and then the same thing that happened to me, but yeah. you just told more details than mine. But Sorry. So what was happening? No, no, that was good. So what was happening was when she first moved here, she had a thought in her mind that came from an unrenewed part of and an unrenewed uh, wisdom that she was supposed to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. So that thought and that seed of thought got planted and it continued to grow without her humbly saying, you know, is this correct? Because mm -hmm. I multiple times said that, I, you know, I'm not sure about that. But she wasn't hearing that because that seed had been planted yeah. and then made assumptions. And I, I was, wanted it. Uh, you wanted My it. My flesh wanted it. In the flesh because of the position, the different yeah. things, and the unrenewed portion brought it to that place. Yeah. Uh, so then you come down the road where you have that quote-unquote word from the Lord. And go back to that uh, slide now. And what you'll see is because that thing had been set in your mind, this is what we talk about, about operating in the soulish realm. And uh, you can, you, we are never called to operate in the soulish realm in that way. Um, and what happened was that seed had taken root mm -hmm. and it had created a rut of thinking in that double-mindedness. Yeah. And now the soul, one of the things, Buddy put it on there, our, our mind is so powerful. Okay, you can bring the camera back to me. Our mind is so powerful that it will fill in the gaps to achieve its goals. Yeah. It will, in other words, it, it automatically, if I, if I tell you a problem, your brain will start working on that problem, and it'll try to fill in the gaps to get it. That's why a lot of times somebody will say, you know, what was that word I'm thinking about? And then you wake up in the middle of the night and go, it was Eureka, you know, or whatever it was. Because your mind was thinking and meditating and, and trying to come up with a solution. God made it brilliantly. Yeah. And it's great if it's working towards godliness, but it is horrible if it's working with a thought yeah. of the flesh. Yeah. With, a, with a mindset on the thought of the flesh. And so it created a structure that worked for that fleshly thought. And now anything God says, and watch this, it's a mindset or it's a stronghold yeah. of thinking. Even though it was on the wrong thing, it's still a stronghold. And even if, see, I never confirmed what she was thinking. I never did. But even if I'd come in and say something, she wouldn't hear the lack of confirmation. She would hear confirmation because of the stronghold, mm -hmm. right? And so then all of a sudden, well, how do you do, how do, you do that? We, we go into uh, 2 Corinthians 10. And verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh or yeah. according to a fleshly, soulish thinking, yeah. right? For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. Our weapons are not fleshly, soulish, mm -hmm. which is what you had going on. You just didn't realize it at that time. I thought it was good. You thought it was good, yeah. yeah. And uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not, not of the flesh, but our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. For we are destroying speculations. There's a soulish, fleshly, soulish thought. Mm -hmm. Speculations 
and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. Your thought was not of God. It came from a fleshly, worldly way of thinking, and it was trying to put itself on the throne. Masking itself as yep. serving God. Yes, and so destruction of fortresses yeah. is the pulling down of strongholds, yeah. right? And this is not just talking about in our mind. This is also talking about strongholds in the spirit realm. It, it can be both, but it does work in the strongholds of our mind too. And we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought yeah. captive to the obedience of Christ. And notice every lofty thing yeah. raised up against is everything, our thoughts, principalities, powers, every lofty thing, we are destroying those things and pulling them down yeah. and making sure that Christ is on the throne. So when we understand the spirit, soul, and body, then we start to understand the function and the action of it. And what we have is we have the worldly thoughts that will come in. And we this is where it's very important for us to know the word yeah. and to seek confirmation. Remember, follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises, right? Who are inheriting the promises. So the problem was you were following your thoughts for too long mm -hmm. without fully asking and submitting and, and humbly asking is this God? Yeah. So you allowed a stronghold to be set without getting confirmation of it. And then that stronghold caused you problems yeah. down the, for years. It caused you a certain thinking. Now it didn't, it didn't, um, you know, uh, run you off the tracks of your destiny, but it could have, sure could have. had you not made the right decisions that day, it could have, it could have completely derailed your yeah. destiny. But you did, you did the right thing, and God came through, and we were praying for you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But, but I've had the same things. I've had the same things where I've learned uh, I need to submit my thoughts to the yeah. Lord. I need to bring them to a spiritual leader and say, is this right? Before I jump all in on something, yeah. for goodness sakes, make sure it's 100% God. Uh, otherwise, I don't need to be putting it on my refrigerator and trying to believe it. You know, yeah. uh, several years ago, I had people saying, well, well, what kind of car are you getting? And I just couldn't get an answer from the Lord. And I didn't. I was like, I'm not putting a picture on the fridge until I know that I know that that's it. You know, I'm even like right now, the ones that we have up there, I'm not sure that I want those up there now. So I'm probably going to take them down because I need to go and, and test drive. So in other words, even when it comes to what car are we going to choose yeah. next? I'm not going to put that in front of me unless I know that God spoke it. Yeah. Because I don't want to manifest something that God didn't speak. Yeah. So. Amen. Amen. So you can see the three parts, uh, and it's so, so very important. Serena said, our mind is so powerful that it will fill in the gaps to achieve its goals. It's great if it's working with the Holy Spirit, but it's horrible if it's working with the flesh. That's exactly right. And... Uh, that's what Buddy said earlier as well. Kevin said, I look forward to this conversation with you, Pastor. I do too. It'll be great. And uh, Serena said, since being at Boomerang, uh, the Holy Spirit has had to help me unlearn so much of what I thought I knew about being led. I am thankful for his mercy. Yeah. I am too, because it's his mercy that helps us even when we get off track. But we need to know this. We need to understand the three parts of man. I really appreciate you sharing that testimony because that's going to help a lot of people. When you have something that you think is God, take it to the yeah. person that, that God has you placed under. Yeah. Right? Take it to them. Get confirmation of it. Don't assume. 
I've watched, and, and watch this, and I'll, I'll probably go over this again when we talk about next week how to be led, but I've watched as people that are highly gifted and called have completely derailed their destiny because they wouldn't submit something and place something on the altar. Mm -hmm. I've watched many people, many ministers yeah. that were in the office of a pastor or in the role of a pastor, but they would never actually go back and check. And I would ask them, are you actually a pastor? Yeah. Are you really a pastor? Tell me about that. And they'll go and they'll, they have no moment where God told them that they were to be a pastor. It was all assumed. Yeah. And I've watched some uh, repent and, and go back and ask the Lord what to do. Very few. And I've watched some that will actually say, no, no, I'm, this is who I am. This, I know I'm supposed to be here. And it's generally not very long and they're out of ministry yeah. because they have a stronghold. They have a mindset based off of a soulish assumption because they didn't understand that. So watch this. On the timeline of their life, Anything that's of God is worthy of putting on the altar. See, you should have put that on the altar when you first got here, but you didn't know any better. But eventually you should have brought it back and asked me that question. Am I a pastor? You know, you should have. I put it on the altar and then took it right back off. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And then. <laughs> I put it up there for a second for show and then I was like, no, I got it. <laughs> How often we've, we've all done that. <laughs> but we need to, because here's the thing. If it will pass the test of the fire of God yeah. at the beginning, yeah. it will pass the test in the middle and at the end as well. Yeah. I don't have to be afraid about taking something that's really God and putting it on the altar. So after I started pastor, after we already had the church, I asked the Lord multiple times, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Because yeah. I'll drop it today. And I meant it because yeah. I was willing, I'd learn this lesson. Put it on the altar of God and don't be afraid if he says, hey, it didn't pass the test. We also weren't super fun sheep then. So well, <laughs> yeah. well, one of the things is on the timeline of our lives, a lot of times we live our whole life yeah. by word we got when we were the most immature. Mm-hmm. Why in the world would I not come back in more maturity and challenge that? Mm -hmm. That's not humility. That's pride to yeah. live out a whole life off of a word you got when you were the least mature. Well, and whatever you do, you're going to be judged in eternity for it. So yeah. if you had yeah. I like had I stepped into the office of a pastor when I got to eternity before Jesus, yeah. I would have been like, look at all the things I did for you and all the churches I built and all the people I wanted to, to the Lord for you. Like, look at what I did for you. It wouldn't have mattered because yeah. it's not what he wanted for me. No. And he would have been like, that's nice that you did that, but it profits but I never, you nothing. I, yeah, because it wasn't in love. And if you love me, you keep my commandments. Yep. And so and you're exactly right. And it counts for nothing in that way. Yeah. You, we've got to learn to be obedient. And yeah. in order to learn to be obedient, we have to understand the three parts yeah. of man. Amen. And the, with the three parts of man, your flesh and your soul, that's going to be where pressure comes from. Like those moments yeah. where like your emotions feel crazy and the pressure's coming yeah. in. Like a lot of that was fear and pressure driven, what I've been describing. Yeah. That's not coming from your spirit man. That's your right. spirit man isn't a pressure He's cooker. in peace. He's in peace all yeah. of the time. Yeah. So you may feel urgency to do something, and that's your spirit, yeah. man. But pressure and fear and all that junk, that's not him. So yeah. fear of putting something on the altar, that's not your spirit, man. That's yes. the flesh that's trying exactly to do that. That's exactly right. Great point. 
great point. And that's where I've learned to, I'm, I'm completely cool to say, Lord, is this you? Am I doing this right? What needs to change? Yeah. Does this part of ministry need to be canceled? Because I'll do it. Yeah. You know? and, I, and it's, why? Because if it's out of, and it may have been God to start it and God to end it, but I let it keep going. Yeah. You know, it could have been never God to start it. I don't, it could have been God to start it and it still is God, but I need to adjust something or yeah. it still is God. I just need to keep going. Yep. You know, I just, you have to learn how to be very willing quickly to put something on the altar and let the Lord show you. And uh, this is a part of, and this, we're really talking more about leading now, but uh, we'll talk some more about that next week on how to be led. This is such an important topic, Amen. the three parts of man. And if you didn't hear the earlier portion of today's broadcast or yesterday's broadcast, make sure that you see it. Get this in you. Make it a part of who you are yeah. and let the Lord show you what he wants to show you. Amen. And uh, if anybody would like to sow into the ministry and sow into the good news that's going out and the life changing, you are welcome to do that. On Facebook, you can type in hashtag donate followed by the amount, uh, or you can go to give www.forgivewhatsright.org. Give www.org. They're going to put that up on, on the screen for you. And uh, you can also go there and say, I want to be a regular part. I want to partner with what's right. I want to partner with what God's doing. You can do that at giveww.org. And uh, we love you so much. I've already seen some people that have been given. Yep. Lord, we just ask that they would be blessed. Lord, pour out on their lives pressed down, shaken together, running over, Lord. Give into their lives. Let it be supernatural and let it be quick in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I call for supernatural increase yeah. in the lives of every partner and every sower in this ministry. Lord, let it be in the name of Jesus, supernatural increase. And we're not talking about a little. We're talking about a lot. Yeah. And we thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, thank you for showing us your word about the three parts of man. Thank you, Lord, for just opening it up to us. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you Lord, for helping us uh, identify those soulish strongholds that came out of the flesh. And Lord, help, thank you for yeah. empowering us to thank just you. destroy those speculations and everything lofty that comes against your knowledge. Thank Lord, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We thank praise you. you. We worship you. We give you the glory. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Well. Well. Thank you for being here. Amen. Good job. Thanks for your testimony. Thanks for responding well. I love how you went and won the souls that night. That's that, good. It, it made me tear up. So, uh, yeah, that was, it does. It's a great, great thing. That was the right thing to do. So. That's good. I remember that night when you sent the message, hey, you had just won on our salvation line. You uh, sent the message that you had won them. I was like, that's my girl. Good job. So Amen. you did good. It made me it made me very happy, and it makes me happy to hear it again today. Amen. So, amen. Good job. We love you guys so very much, and we praise God for you. And uh, we got some cool stuff coming up this weekend. We do have cool stuff coming yeah. up. That comment almost made me cry, so we're going we're gonna <laughs> to transition into not crying. I've talked enough about it today. Here's what we've got going on tomorrow. Tomorrow night here at Boomerang, we are kicking off Holy Ghost Weekend. This yeah. is something the Lord told us to do. 
the Lord birthed it, not our soul. The Lord told us to do it. <laughs> so every month we have what we call Holy Ghost Weekend, and it's a weekend where we dedicate it to Him. We yield to Him. We give Him the time. So tomorrow night at 6 p.m., we're starting it off with prayer night, and yes. it's going to be so powerful and good. I'm I'm really excited about it. The Lord has revealed His yeah. will, and it's going to be powerful. If you are able to be here, be here. Followed up on Saturday with Soul Winning Saturday. By the way, let me just throw this in before you get to Soul Winning Saturday. Yes, sir. Uh, we are, keep that graphic up, but religious organizations are exempt from a curfew and yep. different things like that. So, yes. If, so, in case somebody was wondering, get so here. You won't get in trouble. Yeah. Um, Soul Winning Saturday is Saturday at 1 p.m., and we come together, we do a quick timer, we train and empower people how to soul win and then on Saturday we're going out and we are going to win people to Jesus and we are believing this Saturday for triple digits over 100 souls is what we're believing for amen and it's going to be great and then Holy Spirit Sunday at 4 p.m. I think we need to change that graphic buddy because uh, I see right now it says 630 I think that was for last month with Dr. Richard oh, yeah. ignore that Sunday at 4 p.m. we we are going to have Holy Spirit service, and that's a service where we come in at 4, and we we come in early, extra early, so that way the Lord can do whatever He wants to do, and it's going to be it's going to be a really special time this weekend for the people who are here and particularly for Boomerang. So if you're part yeah. of the Boomerang family, get excited because this is going to be a weekend, I believe it in the spirit, I know you do too, that changes the ministry. Yes. It's, it's something's going to shift this weekend. Yeah, I was trying to read about what was something on the uh, services, but I just, what I've been seeking or seeing in the spirit is just that there is something very special yeah. starting tomorrow night yeah. in prayer. And I know the Lord has given me a specific thing for us to pray out tomorrow night concerning what's coming up in the next few years. And this yeah. will be the start of a new preparation Amen. to get ready for everything that God's doing. Amen. It'll start tomorrow night. You want to be here. I, I, yeah. I know there's going to be an impartation yep. during this prayer. And so I'm looking forward to it. And I believe that this, this weekend is going to be what prepares us for this next year. Yeah, like I, this, I agree. It's going to be I agree. Good. There's something very special on it. So. Amen. Amen. And then next weekend, guys, we're like two weeks away from Christmas. <laughs> it was March yesterday, I'm yeah. convinced. But somehow we're in December. And next weekend is December 20th, and that is our Christmas service. Here at Boomerang, Christmas at Boomerang, we want you to come and be a part of it. Yeah. With so many doors shut where you're not allowed to worship Jesus in person, our doors are wide open. Yeah. And we want everybody who the Lord has called to be here to come. We're doing giveaways. We're going to be giving away a smoker grill, a ladies coach purse. I don't know if there are men coach purses. But, you know, just to clarify, a ladies coach purse. And we're going to give away a Nintendo Switch. Plus, for every child who comes, we'll have one gift for every child. And then we're going to have a time where we eat lunch together. And it's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Amen. It's Amen. going to be great. 10 a.m. We love you. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And uh, thank you for joining us. Share the broadcast if you haven't done it already. We love you so much and we appreciate you. See you tomorrow. See you.